this house, there's some holes in 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 this house, there's Seven days a week, that where that pussy got my pull-up game week. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with that what I see. Hey, bells. I hear it. I hear it, bells. And I wanted to ask you for the longest of time this entire week. I've been, I've been, I've been trying to figure this out because I hear that we made it back to space. We made it back to the moon in some capacity as a species, not necessarily in person, but I got it from very high sources in the Pentagon and, and sources in Area 51 and from CERN that when they went to the moon, when the Indians went to the moon, they found out something very crucial. There are some hoes in this house, the Andrew <laughs> Bella. Is this, is this true? Please tell me. Well, if there are hoes on the moon, we we don't know for sure because uh, yet another fake fucking moon landing has been dropped in our lap in the last week or two. Uh, supposedly, the nation of India Fuck went I. to the moon. Fuck. Right? <laughs> Just, I mean, on its face, it sounds fucking silly, right? So okay. the, the, the Chan, 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 something, Chandahar, something along those lines, three, um, landed on the moon to raucous applause from morons on social media. Um, first and foremost, this shit didn't happen. Bollywood just finally caught up to Hollywood, and now they're on the moon. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But um, even let's let's take a look at this for a second. Let's say they actually went to the moon. This hmm. is a nation of over a billion people, a quarter of which are basically starving to death. But they got a fucking space program. Anybody hashtag priorities, people hashtag priorities. Oh, we could say the same here in the United States. Yeah, we don't have we don't have like 16 percent of the nation is not to mention they have almost as many people starving in their country as we have people in our country. Like this is a scale of which this is staggering. But yeah, the space program in India, apparently top notch. Uh, they'll be colonizing the moon and starving to death there, too. Well, for the record. Just to set things straight, we here at WLR, the opinions of the Andrew Bello are strictly the opinions <laughs> of the Andrew Bello. I, for one, think that India actually did make it to the moon, but not this time. I think they made it years and years, centuries ago, when supposedly people were in the Stone Age. They had Vimanas flying around. They had all sorts of stuff blue people coming down and, and and they knew what the deal was from the beginning so I, I think they've been there and back eight million times right but uh but today it's a controlled narrative so if you believe that they sent something up to the moon hey, that's up to you i just know for a fact that there are some hoes in this house and this is wlr ladies and gentlemen welcome back i am so happy to have everybody here listening all the shouts all the people and of course these two dudes right here, the 1111 boys, the Andrew Bello. Tell them what's up. Yo, what's up, people? Um, yeah, I'm the Andrew Bello. We're here in, in the Wednesday locker room. We are the 1111 boys. 
And uh, I happen to have a, a new song out. Check it out on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash, I think, at the Andrew Bellow or user, whatever, the Andrew Bellow Nakamura Ryzen Sun remix. And it is wittily titled Ryzen apostrophe comma sun s-o-n so uh yes go go with that go check it out um and uh yeah and that's that's pretty much all i got for the well, time you know, being before we introduce the man i want to make a suggestion i i, I wondered if you had something yeah go I, ahead. I, want, I want to make a suggestion for your excellent excellent song and i was going to give it 10 out of 10 stars right now i'll give it 9.5 stars and the extra five would happen if in the beginning of the song, before the be- the song starts, you you add what Shinsuke Nakamura said to Seth Rollins, and and we broke it here on WLR. Right. It hasn't been broken Fucked anywhere up. else. Nobody's reported it. If you add that at the beginning, it'll be a ten out of ten. It's, I hear you dance very nice, like Geisha. Boom. <laughs> And then you come in fantastic. It'll be the greatest right. song I failed ever us. Made. I'm sorry. All right. I'm just saying you, you can still go back and change this, Bells. There's there's no... there's Probably anyway. good. It's time. We've belabored this for, for way too long. It is the summer of Striz. And, and quite frankly, everybody that's lined up to listen to this show just wants to listen to Striz anyway. So please, please introduce the man. Before the people get re- reckless, I'll start getting emails. You know, people telling me, what the fuck are you doing? Introduce Striz, all that shit. So go ahead. All right, so if this is the summer of Striz, are we are we coming up on the fall of Billy Ray Valentine? Like, uh, I like I like the sound of that. Anyway, <laughs> but I'm t- I'm feeling that on every platform that I'm on, I'm it's the fall of Billy Ray Valentine. Right. Take that for what you will. Go ahead, sir. Exactly. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our main event of the evening. He comes to us from the land of the Sun Devil by way of the Denver Airport. He stands at six feet, 6.6 inches tall, weighing in at an unbelievably spelt 666 pounds, mostly biceps. Never mind, all (laughs) biceps. biceps. He is the master of the massive memories, the (laughs) connoisseur of the colossal kajungas, and the hunker of you. Hooters. Yeah, it's still Triple H. He's sexy. No, not Triple H. He's stranglery. Strangler. Steve. King! <laughs> Boom. Boom. Fantastic. Best one Thank yet. you, brother. Yeah, it was great. It's always better than the last time. It's- Thanks for bringing me on. I appreciate it. The, the end of the summer of Striz and the beginning of the fall of Mecca G. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful thing. The fall of Cody Loads, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'm going to be oh, falling all over. <laughs> you had to ruin it. This is why we can't have nice things, Bella. I know, man. Nope. We can't, you know, can't he ruins do. everything. <laughs> What's up, Striz? What's you going on? You got one track, mind you. You're a dirty old man, Billy Ray Valentine. Yeah, I used to think you were a stand up dude with a you know a nice dad with these kids and your family and all that stuff. You're just a sicko. Well, I've been listening to Prince my entire life. You know, it does oh, something to your brain. That does do something. That explains yeah. it. Right, right. What's up, Striz? How you doing? Good, good. Just hanging out. It's the end of the summer. What can I tell you? That's it. This is it. This is all there is. 
I did. I'm not even on Friday Locker Room this week because it, it wow. airs on September 1st. So that's it. I was <laughs> done with the Friday Locker Room. It was a great wow. summer hanging out with Ben Hameen every Friday. It was great to be able to catch up with him because we don't really get to talk much now because he's just so busy. So it was awesome getting to have a chance to sit and talk to him for a couple hours every week, oh, you know? Fantastic. And obviously, great, awesome talking to you guys too. But I don't know. Are we, are we carrying this thing through into the fall or what? Have, I'm have down. We decided I'm, that? I'm, I'm fine with that. Maybe Ooh. we should take a vote from uh, the WLR listeners to see what they think. That's cool too. We can, everybody except for Armand is, is, can, right. can vote in this. Armand cannot vote. There's no way he'll probably just end up saying something about AOC again because he runs the same jokes every year for years right, upon right, years right. upon years, right? So I mean, if well, if you are get, we going to have mail-in voting for this? You know what? I, I don't think so. I think it's too easy to rig, <laughs> but I'm going to let it happen anyway, and I'm not going to do a damn thing about it. So yeah, may, may what if when they're counting the votes, all of a sudden there's like there's like I don't know a pipe explodes and there's water and we have to leave everybody, you have to make everybody leave. And then once they do leave, we'll get out these other votes that people didn't see from underneath the table. Yeah. And we'll just start speeding them through the machine. Should we? I'm just saying, I'm like, what if, if, if the pipe explodes, can we do that? Sure, sure. If, if, if you want the breakdown on that video that Strays is talking about, tune into Primetime with Billy Ray Valentine two weeks ago. I, I, I aired the entire video. For those of you who might think different, uh, go check it out. And we dissected the entire video. <laughs> and uh you know things aren't what they seem at least not what's uh reported by by the maga faithful because you know can it's we cool. make sure that the people who are supposed to be watching us count votes can we make sure that they're behind that about 40 feet behind where they're supposed to be behind uh glass and like obstructive view listen i'm cool with whatever result comes up whether it's rigged or not i just <laughs> want Armand to vote all right okay just, so okay. if it's rigged or not you don't care so long as there's a decision at the end it doesn't matter yes yes okay be. That, that's okay. it. That's it. so long as your guy, you know, if, if they say they they want the locker room, you're good with it. Then they'll make a, a documentary called Eleven Eleven Mules coming up. <laughs> It'll be hosted by Pepe the Frog <laughs> and Pepe Le Pew. He's he's you know looking where, for work these days. You know where Pepe uh, is right. from? Is uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, well, Cambridge Analytica. There goes that. There goes that. Uh, Just connecting the dots all over the place, Steve Bannon. We got you. You know what his middle initial is? What's that? Q. Damn. Not cool. Obviously. Pepe Q Frog. Pepe Q Frog. It's Kermit the Frog here. Anyway. Have <laughs> <A laughs> I of thrown us off the, <laughs> the uh, well, game plan already? Oh, no, 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 no. Never. Ever that. No, I'm, just, I'm never going to get over Billy Ray's sorry excuse for a Kermit the Frog impression. Though. <laughs> Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> the That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So check this. Um, so many things happened this week that we're going to talk about. Um, we can continue talking about fake moon landings because the United States certainly didn't make it up there. I'm becoming more and more uh, convinced that we never made it to the moon, that everything was staged, that we've only made it to above. What is it? Uh, to the, uh, like the Earth atmosphere or whatever, just above it or something like that. I forget what it's called. We never made it past the van and radiation belt, if it even exists. I don't know what's going on, but I'm beginning to think it never happened, regardless of that. Or at least we were lied to in some capacity. Um, so we can continue to talk about our our uh, adventures of trying to penetrate the firmament. And it hasn't happened. We continue to talk about that. But we do want to talk about some professional wrestling. We want to talk about some people that passed away. We can need to do that. And we need to talk about CM Punk and Tony Khan and freaking Jack Perry. 
I don't know. This, this situation has got me all over the place. We got to talk about it because I'm pissed. But what will we do first since it is the end of the summer of Striz? I am going to give the man the honor and he can say whatever he wants. We'll talk about whatever you want, Striz. What's going on? Yeah, let's do the moon thing first. We did the moon thing already. Oh, well, I didn't get to say anything because I haven't been talking about it. Go ahead, sir. I'm just, oh, fuck. You didn't sound too happy about that. Ah, fuck it. Let's no. talk about CM Punk. <laughs> no. Oh, God, thing. no. Talk about the moon. Way about the moon. <laughs> A guy, some fucking faggot from fucking Chicago. <laughs> way more important than an entire country of over a billion people. No. Also, the opinions moon. of Strangler Steve are also very much Strangler <laughs> oh, Steve. Oh, I don't, I don't mean gay guy. I mean bundle of sticks. Because look at him. He looks like a bundle of sticks. Right. But anyhow, right. um, <laughs> I can say that I'm half faggot myself. I mean, what? <laughs> so, yeah, if India landed on the moon, it, it leads to like that whole like conspiracy theory because it's like it's like an enigma wrapped inside a riddle wrapped inside another enigma, like where you have these levels of conspiracy theories throughout the history of time since it happened, like the theory of them landing on the moon and it being hollow and it rang like a bell when they landed for hours upon hours, you know, and like the dust and. Like it was hollow and they could, you know, knock on it and like there's bases there and blah, blah, blah. Or it doesn't exist at all. It's um, a projection. It's a projection and, you know, or it's made out of cheese, as they used to say, like back in like the 1800s, you know, like it's, it's, or or we didn't go there at all. Or maybe like you said, like they faked it too because they probably watched enough Stanley Kubrick videos on YouTube, like we all have of how Mm. it got faked or whatever. And like you see, what our alleged outtakes of that moon landing and go, oh, we could reproduce this pretty easily. You know what I mean? So it's like, you never know what the answer is going to be. You know, there's like, like I said, eight different conspiracy theories. Actually, there's probably even way more than that, but like, it's just the ones that even like just people who don't follow conspiracy theories have heard of like along the way, you know? Yeah. No, I, 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 I get it, man. Um, the, the moon is, is something I love it. I love it, right? I've always had a fascination with the moon. It's beautiful. Um, Can I interject one thing real quick, Billy Ray? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, have you heard the conspiracy that, like, when you see the full moon and you see, like, the craters and stuff, it's really just a reflection of flat Earth map? Have you seen that? It up perfectly to the map of flat Earth. That's crazy. I never heard that. Wow. I'd love to see that. And I want to, I'm, I'm going to be at a flat Toberfest, Lord winning. If I ever get paid, by the way, flat I got, I got to get paid first. If I ever get paid, I'm going to flat Toberfest. I can't wait. And I'm going to buy myself some grade a flat earth maps because they got them over there. I want some, I'm going to buy like three. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy one for each of you and send it to you guys. Didn't you just buy one on uh, eBay or something? No, no, I, I, I oh, wanted to. Yeah, the one the, with the but with the oh, with the expanded yeah you know, continents and stuff like that, that. That's the one with the angels on the side. I wanted yes, that yes. one, but uh, I did I didn't get it. Um, I, I'm just okay. gonna wait till I get down there, and I, I'm gonna have uh, some some of the the most prominent flat earthers in the world sign them and send them to you guys. It's gonna be dope. Oh, um, that'd be great. I know it's gonna be fantastic. I'm gonna put it in wow. that frame. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, like like uh, um, if it my. Some of my favorite conspiracies come out of the moon, but, but my, my, my favorite one is that um, it's, it's, it's the light that you see when you die. After you die, that you've got, you've got to follow the light, that it's that. You're following into the moon, and the moon is something that refurbishes souls. 
and you follow the follow the um the light. Buzzing. It takes you there. It wipes your brain. You don't remember anything. You come it's back. An inoculation. Boom. And that's and I'm like, whoa. So it, it makes me not want to follow the light when I die. But you know what? When I die, I am certainly following the light because I have to convince myself that it is that. And if it is, I won't remember anyway when I come back. But hopefully, I will have past life regressions and remember that in my next life, getting ready to not do it the next time around. Did you, did you understand it? Did that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. As great. much sense as that could make. Yeah. Uh, cool. Cool. And also, if the if if the moon is made out of cheese, what type of cheese is it made out of? Fermunda. Which one? What, what, what kind of cheese? Fermunda. Really? Okay. Yeah. See, that's that. actually that. that was part, Falls. I kind of figured the cheese thing played into why <laughs> Indians were going there, right? Like because like, let's. <laughs> The Indians go there, right? They they they, they happen to they happen to hold cows sacred. So if this giant ball is actually cheese, that must mean that there is some crazy giant cow space god out there, and they've been right all this time. What if they put a lasso around it and bring it back here to feed everybody? The, 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 the world moon, hunger, not the giant cow. Space cheese. No, the big big space cheese ball. Okay, the big cheese space cheese ball. I, I have a, a big ball. That's what's going on in Wisconsin right now. Um, okay. So th- that there you go. There's the flat earth talk, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for a WLR. Not necessarily flat earth, but the moon. You know, it all it all coincides. It's made in a Hollywood base. Yeah, you actually had this sort of shoehorn flat earth and all of this, just you know, just in case anybody was keeping it. I mean, it goes hand in hand, right? So doesn't. How, how come we've never left Earth, right? If, if we didn't go to the moon, then it's impossible. Well, you've right? never left Earth. I've never left Earth. I can, <laughs> I can honestly say that. Have you? Have you left Earth? Yeah, I mean, Bifrost. I'm good. I go. I go wherever I want. Nine realms. I can't. We can't all ho- hope to be you. You know. So. Uh, I, so I, when you're the king of Asgard. That's true. That yeah. was a stupid ass freaking question. That's what that I'm saying. Was a, that was a really dumb question. <laughs> all right. So. Um, Let's let's talk about CM Punk after because I I don't want to get pissed and then and then talk about um you know uh, the, the people who passed away but Terry Funk passed away which really sucks even though you knew it was gonna happen right but but he was fantastic and I, I didn't get real Terry Funk until and I knew who he was and I and I got I got to see matches here and there you know but I I didn't get the full Terry Funk experience to Lee C W. When he when he went over there. and I, I like I said like I knew who, I knew who he was and I had seen some matches from tapes and all of that, but he didn't really have a WWE presence, not too not too big, you know, um, and that's what I was exposed to for the most part, um, and I knew he was a champion, you know. I used to read the magazines and all of that. Very happy to see him in ECW when he went over there, and it, and it was crazy. I remember vividly the the video that they made for him, which made me like the Eagle song, right? It was Desperado. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I never cared until that song was placed with Terry Funk. And I was like, what, what a dope video. And now it's one of my favorite songs of all time. You know, and, 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 and when he passed away, it reminded me of that. Also, Roadhouse, one of the best, worst movies ever made. You must watch it because it's so bad. It's good. Uh, and it's on television all the time. And, and he was on Roadhouse. And I remember watching Roadhouse as a kid. And I was like, that's a wrestler. Get his name, but I've seen him before. <laughs> why is he in this movie? And why is Patrick Swayze beating his ass? I don't get it uh, because I thought a wrestling was a shoot at that point. Um, but yeah, um, Terry Funk passed away. What's up, Bells? 
Yeah, wrestling's a shoot, but Roadhouse is just a movie. Don't worry. Um, right. Yeah, no, I I'm even later to the game on Terry Funk. Right, like I probably didn't really even like watch him work until Chainsaw Charlie. Right, like I'm that late to the Terry Funk game. And then you know, I think I had known him because I was like the type of nerd that would like watch like you know like behind the scenes stuff. And I'm sure Foley had mentioned him several times that they showed old clips of matches or something along those lines. So like I I had known that. Um, but then, you know, having gone back and watched a bunch of old shit, like, yeah, I've seen a lot of Terry Funk wrestling. Yeah, but you, you kind of, especially when these guys pass, like, I always kind of like look at, you know, who who are the people kind of making the biggest, you know, uh, you know, goodbyes to these guys. And some of it obviously is just, you know, they're trying to get their names out there. But like when you see like Flair, who is obviously always trying to get his name out there, was 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 you know like pouring his guts out for for you know how much he loved Terry and like and Steen for that matter did you know his whole thing that he went to social media about uh, getting being lucky enough to work for Funk. So you know um, it, while um like my Terry Funk knowledge is. It, insufficient like right like it's just not even there but uh you know when when people i hold in high regard hold those people in high regard you know we have them to thank for even if it's two generations removed you know funker has uh obviously you know influenced a lot of guys that we all know and love today whether you know it or not whether they know it or not um so you know that's always a huge loss but that said it's like sort of a fucking miracle the man made it as long as he did so uh you know, he, he got to live a good long life uh, despite trying to kill himself for a living for for the better part of it. And uh, hey, you know, R.I.P. to the funk. When you put it that way, you know, because he, he, he certainly tried to kill himself. He would not stop. Right. He wouldn't stop. And it, it, it seems as if the, the, the later he got in his career, the more extreme he got. You know, it was great. And, and I remember that. The world title run that well the, the, that led up to to him having the ECW world title. It's one of the best stories that I know in professional wrestling. It was just fantastic, so well laid out, and and it got uh, the 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 fan invested. Like I was fully invested, and when he won, to this day it feels like a real. I mean, it is a real moment, but it felt that way. It felt like shit. This guy did it. He's the ECW. Like it's a, it was a, it was considered a major championship. It was the, one of the top. It was the top three. Cha- it was WCW, the WWE, and ECW. You know, even though ECW wasn't on tier with with them, it was still considered a world championship. And and when they put it on him, I was like, whoa! I couldn't. I was. It was just a big deal. Um, Strays, were you, I, did you ever come across? To, I mean, I'm sure you you must have. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, a couple times. But uh, first of all, uh, Ric Flair and Terry Funk were actually very, very close. And yeah. uh, at one point, uh, Terry bought the house that was next door to Ric Flair because they were incredibly close. And wow. that was back when Terry was NWA World's Heavyweight Champion and uh, Ric Flair was the United States Champion. That's when they lived next door to each other for a couple of years. And um, Terry, like the, the stuff he did in ECW was like a rebirth for him coming off of his stuff from Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling in Japan that did like the exploding barbed wire matches and you know and all these crazy type of things right. that like people were like what in the world are they doing over there in japan because until fmw came around it was the most traditional style of wrestling there was and all of a sudden this insanity came about known as frontier martial arts wrestling and like oh my god what in the world is terry funk doing over there and they'd be like blowing like fireballs at each other like full range like right at each other like complete actual real fire like they get like burns all over their bodies it was ridiculous like who would do this but 
they're paying him like ridiculous money to do it and everything. And Cactus Jack went over there. That's when they got to work together for the first few times. And uh, so that was, that was them establishing their relationship. But um, I actually have a message on my phone from Terry Funk when I booked him for a TCW show, show. He called me back and I was out because it was on New Year's Eve. It was like New Year's Eve morning back in, I think, in like 20, fucking, I don't know, 2014 or something like that around there. But he called me at 9 o'clock in the morning like, hello, it's Terry. Just want to find out more about that date. Give me a holler. You know, it's so like, it could have been like anybody else. You know what I mean? Like it had to be Terry Funk. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. So I'll, I'll always have that on my phone, which Fantastic. is great. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, years and years before that, like in the when he was starting to do the um, Chainsaw Charlie thing, which was in the 90s during the Attitude Era, uh, Killer Kowalski's wrestling school was still very much open and running in Malden, Massachusetts. And there was the Monday Night Raw in Boston that night. And um, we were all at the school working out and doing stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get a good drink of water. So I went out to the hallway where that little the water gimmick is. You, you know, take the cup out of the little thing and pour it. And there's a, a guy in the hallway and I couldn't really see him. I'm like, hey, can I help you? He's like, is, is Walter around? I'm like, uh yeah, he's right over there. He's like, he was holding like a coffee in his hand. He's like, had a hat on and he was like hunched over and he had a jacket and he was holding his coffee, like, like blowing on it, you know, like, he's like, yeah, he's right in there. He's like, is it all right if I go in with my coffee? And I'm like, yeah, it's no problem. Yeah, he's, he's right over there. And I go, oh my God, that's Terry Funk. That's <laughs> like, it was so unassuming and didn't, he wasn't like walking in like some guys would be like, yeah, I'm here. You know what I mean? He was just very yeah. humble, very, is it all right if I bring my coffee in? It's like, brother, you could come in here with mud slopping all over your feet and walk straight in and sit on Walter's chair itself, which nobody right. ever sat in, yeah. and like be like, I'm here. You know what I mean? And everyone would be like, it's Terry. Yes, sir, whatever you want, whatever you need. But he was just such a humble, humble, you know, respectful guy. He didn't want to cause any trouble. Like, oh, is it all right if I go in and say hello? It's like, of course it's all right to go in and say hello. Like, no, I'm sorry, Terry. You're gonna have to come back another time. The guys are working. I'm taking like, over. <laughs> like he was like, I don't even know. He might have been like, like during the time when he and Mick Foley were tag team champions or something. It was really crazy, you know. Was, but guys did pop in from time to time. Like one time, uh, they, whoever was in town, ECW, Raven and Shane Douglas would come in because Perry Saturn would bring them and take them there because that's where Perry cut his teeth at Killer Kowalski's school. So we'd bring them, hey, let me show you Walter and, you know, say hi to the boys and blah, 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 blah. So it was pretty cool to have, like, those, you know, those moments with, like, a guy who was, like, kind of almost bigger than the business because, like you said, he was in the movies. He did, uh, uh, what was that other movie, Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone, which was great. I marked out so hard when I saw him in that movie because they yeah. really put him over as a tough motherfucker. Yeah. Like, he's, like, like the top heel, like you know, physically against uh, you know, Stallone. So I thought that was really cool. And you know, it gave Terry, you know, uh, you know, great shine in that, you know. And um, it, I personally, for me, my my favorite time for watching Terry Funk stuff is his stuff from Japan from like '83 when he was the world's champion. And you just see him working at a pace that was like, oh my god. And the thing that made him look so believable is that he wasn't like larger than life physically, so he kind of fought from underneath. But not as an underdog, just the guy who you're in the ring with somebody who maybe who is bigger than you or whatever, you know. And uh, it's it was his grit and his willingness to keep fighting forward and selling, 
selling and he was the master of making you feel what he was feeling whether it was a heel or a face when he sold he used every muscle in his face and his whole body and he would sell all around the ring for everybody to see because he broke in when 98 percent of your dates are not on television they're out in house shows that don't have big screens you're just in a, in a ring that could be a freaking quarter mile away from like the last row from like you sit in the Boston Garden in the back seat. You can barely see. So you have to almost pantomime and sub it, not make it look too hokey, right. but let people know like what you're going through. And you do that big comeback and you're hitting and your your shots are coming from left field. He was a master of that, like the, the big comeback and selling down and, you, you know, build up the comeback and have it taken away and then climb back up literally using the ropes and sweating and bleeding and, he made you feel like this was really a fight. And I think that was his greatest asset was his selling. And it's just one of those things that's so not done today, especially on the independent scene is guys forget. Yes, it's a work and we're all working together to get the fans behind us. But the reason, the, the way they get behind you the most is when you have that power to emote and you, you have the humility to be like, this hurt me. And you know what I mean? Like I, I was taken down. I was, I was knocked down a peg, but I'm going to get back up and you show the people, you know, your grit and your determination and you're fighting and you're clawing because it means so much to you. And the money you make tonight is what you're going to eat with, you know, and people can still to this day get behind that when you do it correctly. And I think like Terry Funk should be a guy that should be like an automatic study for anybody breaking into wrestling. Like every wrestling teacher should have like a series of um, Terry Funk stuff from like the 80s of this is how you sell or you want to see him be a heel when he came into WWE and tagged with his brother Dory Funk Jr. and then he was doing some single stuff managed by Jimmy Hart against the Junkyard Dog and to lead up to this you know the, the, the feud with Junkyard Dog he would take his branding iron after his job matches and brand the guy and they, and they put a little bit of black shoe polish on it so the guy would right. have the double cross logo from the double cross ranch yeah. in Texas and then when they did it to the Junkyard Dog like live it was like I don't know if it was on MTV or Saturday Night's Main Event it was a very very big show and he took the branding iron to Junkyard Dog and branded him and they put white shoe polish on him because he's black so <laughs> that it would show up so it was very strange but it's always left a this such a visual image in my head of the junkyard dog's been branded, you know, and like you call him a dog, you know, you egg sucking dog, and <laughs> you know, because he's got the chain around his neck and pulling him by the chain. And so finally, when like the junkyard dog gets his comeback and he puts the chain on Terry and gives him a big deal, the place would explode and he'd sell his neck. Oh my god, you know, like you can see his pain, but even though he was a heel, you you felt it but you're like yeah you know like those are the things that like for me that i'll always remember about terry funk it's just that emotion that the grit and like the fighting from underneath and uh big big comebacks and stuff like that it was great the chain shots charlie stuff was funny it was it has a great place and that was there was lots of great business done with that too but like this the early stuff for me is just what does and uh just as a, a personal uh, just like a feather in my, not necessarily my cap, but just kind of something that's really cool is in WrestleMania 14 in the Boston Garden, when they were doing that match with the uh, New Age Outlaws, uh, Chainsaw Charlie and Mick oh, Foley, yeah. and they take the big bump into that big red dumpster. It says Vining Disposal on the side of it. That was the company that my dad was the uh, CFO for at the time. Wow. So that was a pretty big deal for the company. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Pretty neat. Yeah. Very cool, man. Um, Shit, at WrestleMania, no less. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. I, I remember 
some of the FMW stuff because I was fascinated with 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 that whole deal over there. Um, with Atsushi Onita and and uh, <laughs> Big Boys Club, Big Boys Club. Get Mars's shit over. It's what up, buddy? Nice, nice. Um, I, I I remember I remember that fondly. Like th- those days will never come back. Like ever, ever, ever. You know, and just just staying up. And watching ECW and then like finding out about FMW through ECW and then mm-hmm. finding tapes and sitting there and watching them or DVDs at the time, right? That's what it was. They were they were DVD. I think I still have some of those DVDs in my in my closet. I know I purchased the Hayabusa DVD. I love Hayabusa. I love I still to this day love that guy. They just there's a belt company that just started making replica belts at that brass knuckles championship that he held. Right, right, right. I, I want to get one so bad I might pull the trigger on it. See the cat that fought the gorgeous. Undertaker. No. No? Hi, who am I thinking of? Uh, Hakushi. There you go. This the Jensei Singzaki was his name or whatever. And he, he tagged with, with Hayabusa often. And uh what did he, he do was, to the Undertaker? Yeah, he fought the Undertaker. Yeah, Hakushi. Yeah, you're right. It was yeah. Hakushi. He was fought or fucked? I thought you said fucked. <laughs> no, no. They had like a match. Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay. Well, they they did, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Neither, they had a match. I don't, I don't <laughs> have that type of information. They only told me that there's some hoes in this house. That's it. Right. Yeah, I'm that's like, it. wait a minute. That, I, I, I don't know the Taker person. My Japanese is not so ever... good. All I could make out was there are hoes in this house. <laughs> Dick <it>. to face. <laughs> like that, yeah. Um, like Geisha, oh. <laughs> you suck a dick like Geisha. <laughs> excuse, excuse me. This so, episode's definitely getting flagged. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> hey, we got to go out with a bang. Summer Striz, no right, pun intended. Right, right. Um, so, so absolutely, man. It, it, so it sucks when when I heard that Terry Funk had passed away. You know, but it was expected yeah. at this point. He had, he had a great a life, though, man. I mean, got to yeah. live as a pro wrestler for generations. All his life. And lived to be almost nearly 80 years old, man. That's and, crazy. And he, he was legendary. Like, there's, yeah. he, he was somebody that they, that, it, there, there are some people that die and didn't get to experience how legendary they were. You're right. But there are those who are living legends, and, and Terry Funk was one of right. them. And there's and not you know, a lot. What's uh, Kevin Owens put out a great tweet about a, a show yeah. that he got to work with uh, Terry Funk on, and that was a two CW show. And uh, my buddy Josh put all that together, nice. and it was a um, like a street fight kind of thing. It was um, our local dude who was our top heel, uh, Jason Axe, who was the most underrated independent heel wrestler who from upstate New York that you've ever known. Great, great, great heel worker and great guy all around with Dean. Kevin Owens as heels against Spike Dudley and um, uh, Terry Funk. And it was just tremendous. And the finish was Spike and Terry Funk double tapping out uh, Kevin Owens and Jason Axe with a step over toe hold, which was Funk's finisher for years. And then and it was a double tap out. And it was at the um, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame show that we used to do once a year. And all the old timers were there who had accepted their awards earlier in the night. And they were all jumping up and down and clapping nope. with, to the double uh, tap out with the step over toe hold. They, they loved it. Awesome. Is there footage? Yeah, it was a great night. Yeah, it's, it's online somewhere. I'll awesome. see if I can find it to link on YouTube. That'd be dope, man. So uh, rest in peace, Terry Funk, the Funker. Uh, there'll never be another, I don't think, like like that, you know. Um and and that I was trying to explain it to my son because he he was like who's Terry Funk you know so I'm explaining it to him or whatever, 
And and I'm trying to compare him to somebody, at least, you know, stylistically, not necessarily, you know, somebody that that carries that character. But but I was like, there's no one. There's no, no one. Yeah, I'm, I'm no thinking one. like he right. really pretty much did his own thing. Right. And I, I told him, I'm like, he was like a cowboy kind of dirty. And I'm like, but not like uh, Adam Page. Nothing like Adam Page. Like Adam Page absolutely sucks. Like there's nothing. <laughs> right. There's literally there's no comparison. You right. Be. It would be like apples and oranges. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so he got to see a couple of the ECW tributes that were done, and that was cool. Like I was like, hey, come here, and I sat him down with me. I'm like, you gotta watch it. He's watching, you know. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's no 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 one like Terry Funk. Now he did know Bray Wyatt, and when I was sitting on my I was sitting on my couch. And Colin, Colin Weissong, what's up, Colin Weissong? Send Hi, me Colin. a text. He's texting me right now saying, Why, where's the link? Where's the link? <laughs> I'll send it. Well, he can get it afterwards. Um, he, 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 uh, he, well, the YouTube thing. Yeah, I know. It's not uh -oh. on YouTube. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, uh, I didn't, I didn't set up the stream for YouTube. No worries. No worries. No, it's all good. Um, Welcome. so, so, um, <laughs> um, and he hit me up and he's like, uh, yo, Bray Wyatt died. And I'm like, I literally just what, like, cause that's that's really unexpected, mm -hmm. you know. I'm like what, mm -hmm. and and sometimes you know things are reported and it's bullshit. So I always have to go verify somehow, and I'm like, shit, this mm -hmm. is real. And then uh, somebody else, the A track, A track, uh, put it on the PW Hustle chat, and then I think it was you, Striz, that put it on the WLR chat. Yeah, and I sent a copy of Triple H's. Uh... Right. Right. If, if, if Triple H is putting it out there, it's 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 vetted. Exactly. So that's and, why I, you know I went to that specifically. I'm like, let me see if Triple H said anything. And mm -hmm. lo and behold, unfortunately, right, it was true. Right, man. And and uh, and it was it was one after another after another. Bang, bang, bang. I was like, shit. Yeah. And and that's that's what I did to to verify right before you had sent um of the message. I was like, shit. No, it was after you sent the message. You sent the Triple H message. And then I went to see the the original one, and I was like, "Damn, this is mm -hmm. this is for real." Um, and, uh, and and the thing is, right there, there's a, it brings into question the whole since we were already getting this this uh, episode banned, it, it brings into question the entire freaking COVID thing or whatever because they said that he had uh, issues with his heart that were mm -hmm. were you know uh, amplified by COVID. You know, and and uh, and then I think they found uh, they found something in his car after the fact that he should have been wearing some some heart. Yeah, like thing. an out of the heart, out, over the chest uh, pacemaker. Right, right, and and he he was not wearing it, so that's another thing. But but still, we 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 and I, and I don't think it's far fetched to bring up and and people that don't subscribe to alternative ways of thinking would say that it's a total conspiracy theory, but they said the same thing about, about the COVID leak from, from uh, the, the bioweapons freaking laboratory in, in Wuhan when that was broken in, in the alternative media. They said it was, it was bullshit. They said it was fucking, I'm old enough to remember. They said it was bullshit and they said that it was unverified and a crazy conspiracy theory. And then they started reporting on it as if it was fact after, after that and never went back and said, Ah, uh, the crazy conspiracy theorists just so happened to be right. Never said it. So right. when when we talk about the vaccine, that it's an experimental vaccine, and and that is not debatable. It, I, I don't care who you put in front of me 
It's 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 not debatable. It is an experimental vaccine. And it's not even technically a vaccine. So that was my next point. Some people would say that it's not even a vaccine, you know, gene therapy, whatever you call it. It's something that was never administered. Spike mRNA, right? Oh, yeah, spike mRNA. Uh, I, I have no idea. I'm not, you know, a virologist. I'm not I'm not a, a vaccine expert or anything like that. But I do know when how long it takes to, to make one of these things and to test one of these things. And it's not freaking eight months. Sorry. You know, and uh, and, you know, and that's just a fact. It's not two years, you know, and, and they warp sp- sped this. Hence the name warp speed, yeah. and and gave it to everyone and and forced it onto people. And there are going to be side effects. There are going to be side effects that these people aren't going to want to admit to. And myocarditis is something that is admitted by these people, and it is a heart condition. Now I'm not saying that Bray Wyatt had a myocarditis, but he had a heart condition. And was he vaccinated? Is this something we need to look into? And I know that's the default, right? Everybody that dies of a heart-related issue nowadays that's young and spontaneously just drops dead. You know, we start thinking maybe it was that experimental shit that no one knows what it's going to do to us. And then they look at us like we're crazy for thinking that. But it's really just common sense because we don't know. And, And we won't know. For years and years and years and years, when people start freaking growing tails or some nonsense from what might have been injected to us, hopefully nothing happens. But we might be seeing uh, the 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 side effects of what went down with that with that vaccine, and it's just something to put out there in the ether. I don't know. I am speculating, but I think it's an educated uh, uh, speculation. I think it's. I think there is. I think I can make a decent argument behind why I'm speculating in that direction. Just saying. Um, but uh, he's no longer here. And and I, I've, been, I've been pretty tough on Bray Wyatt. Um, uh, you know, d- during the course of this show, you know, and any wrestling shows that I've done, I- I've been tough on him because I, I just don't think the WWE maximized the potential of that guy. They, I, I don't think they did it in the best way. Uh, most of his matches towards the the middle and the end of his career were boring. And and that wasn't, I mean, I think there was a way around it. The guy was a very talented guy. I rem- I was in the, Bells, were you with me? I don't know if you were with me, but I was in the building when the Wyatt family debuted at, and uh, I think it was, I think it was MSG. If it wasn't MSG, it was the Barclays Center, but they debuted. What a pop that got, huh? Oh my God, right? And I, I was excited. I Against was, Kane, right? I don't remember. Yeah, that was his first feud. I, I remember them coming out and and um, the lights went out. And everybody just, it was a buzz. Mm-hmm. Everybody, because everybody knew it was going to happen. Everybody put up their cell phones, came out with the freaking lantern and, and the song. The song is epic. That's mm-hmm. a guy from the Jesus and Mary chain. A plus. Wrote that song. Yeah, and I was like, Mine. What a beautiful song, right? It's yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's a legit well, a lot of songs that came out of the WWE are legit songs, but this is was written by by a, a you know a 90s alternative guy, you know, like like the the grunge of the grunge, right? If if you know the Jesus and Mary chain, you know what I'm talking about. That's not exactly mainstream. Um, but they wrote that song. Well, the 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 one of the guys that was a part of the band wrote that song. Anyway, I loved it and I was so into the Wyatt family. I loved the cult aspect of it the cult leader, you know, and he was good at that. 
And I had kind of forgotten about it because it was it's it's been so long and there's so many different incarnations of the character. The fiend I wasn't a big fan of, you know, and and what they ended up doing. But throughout the tribute, it flashed back to the Wyatt family. And I was like, damn, I really like that. Yeah. And I remember I was like, that was really good. And then I remember I'm like, I was there when it happened, when they debuted. And it was amazing. And bottom line is, even if I wasn't happy with what they were doing with Bray Wyatt and Bray Wyatt's performance inside the ring when when he last wrestled, that all could have changed. The guy was super young, you know, and and uh, they have changed course on people and rehabilitated them afterwards. So it could have been and the people loved him. Right. So it could have there was potential there. And, and I felt like, man, I just feel really bad that it was cut short. And his family, like, you know, he, he just recently got with Jojo. I think they got two kids, man. It's, it's mm-hmm. really crazy, bro. And uh, uh, it's, uh, I just felt so bad. I couldn't believe it. You know, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, fuck, this guy is really dead. God bless uh, Bray Wyatt, man. Um, and I think the, the WWE really, really dropped the ball on this guy, man. If, if, if they insisted on having an Undertaker character, a person that was going to carry that torch, should have been Bray Wyatt. And they should have left him as a cult leader. It was dope. I think they should have left him as that. But whatever. What's up, Sourby? Yeah, uh, this one's tough. I mean, yeah, I had a similar kind of situation when I found out about it. I think ESPN told me. I, I looked down, and all of a sudden, boom, I got the notification. And, um, I mean, Bray Wyatt's 36 years old. So yeah. is yours truly. So, like, this shit, like, wow. you know, like yeah. and I saw that. I'm like, God damn. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like. I don't have heart issues that I'm aware of. I'm not a, you know, a big dude who was falling on the back of my head for a living. So like, you know, like I hopefully, you know, nothing's happening to yours truly anytime soon. Plus we as guardians age differently. So neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> I was going to tell you, you look fantastic, brother. You know that's what I'm saying? Well, thank you. Um, well, he's a baby face. A baby I am. Face. I am. Uh, this, this, don't, don't let the mustache fool you. There's a, there's a baby <laughs> face on here. Uh, but yeah, no, this one, this one, you know, it, it's it sucks uh you know when, it, when it, uh, terry funk goes at the you know the ripe age of late 70s like you know it's sad but you you, you deal with it bray wyatt going in his 30s i mean shit yeah. i was just reading articles like two weeks ago about his return is imminent and he's coming back and he's gonna he's gonna take the title and blah blah, blah you know like all these like crazy things by the way everybody should go back to your dirt sheets and check all of those articles and just never read those people again um but yeah this one's uh this one's just tough and yeah i mean as far as his career goes i mean the performances were just amazing the segments were great the the match with cena like the big fucking produced how uh, wrestlemania match was was yeah. fantastic fantastic uh, all the, right. the what was it the fun the, the fun firefly fun house match mm-hmm. or whatever it was and i mean unfortunately like the big matches that would have really elevated him were ones that they just botched terribly and you know they should have put him over taker at mania uh after he had already lost the streak like you know no harm no foul like what the fuck um they should have put him over randy orton at mania after that whole debacle and they actually had him debut a new power and then he fucking lost anyway that was just like the dumbest booking maybe ever that might be the single worst case of awful booking in like wwe history as far as i'm concerned um but yeah it's just they they never really you know Got him off the ground, even when he was a cult leader. You know, he ran into the yes movement. He ran into the we're trying to push the shield and Roman, you know, not to suggest that, like, you got to win matches to ultimately get over. But like, it was just it just felt like every time he was getting 
to the cusp of, oh, wow, like Bray Wyatt could like really like be not even the world champion. He could be like running Monday Night Raw, like like any given week. You right. Just Everybody's his puppet. Yeah. Yeah. And it would just have been so, so cool. And the whole thing mm-hmm. with Daniel Bryan, obviously, like he, he the Bray Wyatt kicked off the Yes Movement, like before the Yes Movement really was a thing like that feud is what made us all go ballistic and want daniel bryan to like really get the big push so um you know it's just just like i said just some great work and and unfortunately some balls dropped along the way by the creative staff but i mean it's not like everybody else isn't dealing with the same thing they do this pretty regularly he just got it really bad because that the potential was there for an undertaker level character and i i I sadly don't ever think it, it got there even with its many cool iterations, it just never quite, you know, became that thing that like, I don't know that 20 years from now, I'm going to be talking about Firefly Funhouse matches, but 20 years from now, I'm still going to be talking about the fucking Undertaker. Yeah, you're right. What's up, Striz? Yeah, uh, it's just, it's it's sad all around. I feel bad for Jojo and the kids Yeah, and uh, his ex-wife and their, the children that they had there. I mean, the kids are just so little at this point that they probably don't even realize what's really happening, but... You know, they don't have their dad anymore, which is terrible. At 36, too, it's just like, you know, that's just nobody should die at 36. You know, it's just that's just unheard of. And, uh, you know, survived by your own parents. And like they say, that's like the worst thing a parent can live through is burying one of their children. And I can't even imagine the kind of pain that they're going through. So, you know, my condolences to them. What what a what a uh, dynamic like dynasty wrestling family. With, you know, Blackjack Mulligan and um, Barry Windham, which he, his father named him Windham Rotundo after Barry Windham. Windham is, you know, his, his Windham's first name, Rotundo. And, uh, you know, his brother Bo, his father, Mike Rotunda, who worked as IRS and as Mike Rotunda for years and years. Yeah. Like, and, you know, it's, it's the, the, the lineage is amazing. And uh, he, you know, used that to his advantage because it helped get him, you know, a look at the early NXT when he came in as Husky Harris and, you know, he was the uh, Sherman Tank with the Ferrari engine, as they called him, and he could go in the ring regardless of his size. And But his size has always kind of been a, a factor. You know, he'd kind of go up and down. I can relate with this. I've been doing that my whole life. You go up and down. Sometimes it's 20 pounds here and up and down, and sometimes it's 50 pounds up and down, you know. But I know he had been dealing with that for a long, long time. So I mean, those are things that do take their toll on your heart over time. So they say, you know, the co- comorbidities with COVID can be weight. So, you know, he was a big guy and, uh, you know, going up and down is not really great for you. They'd rather see you maintain. If you're going to be up, you know, don't be too far up, but don't go up and down. So your heart never gets used to that size that you're at, but you know, it's just him now. And, uh, Luke Harper, just like a year or two ago, like the right. two guys who never at their ages should have been gone. And, you know, like you said, Billy Ray, when they came on the scene, it was like, it's hard for WWE because they've been around for so long to have something that's fresh and new and exciting. But that's exactly what it was. Is like, oh, my God, things are about to change. It was like a whole different page had been turned in WWE. And this is a brand new chapter. But why it's coming out, coming up from NXT and taking on someone from the very old guard being Kane. You know, it was like them saying, all right, here we go. This is this is the new brand here. So it was, a, it was a very fresh, exciting time, and we got to see the characters start off as, like, I can't remember the name of the movie that it's from, but I know that... Um, Cape Fear? Yeah, so it was supposed to be based loosely off of Cape Fear, which um, 
uh, Waylon, uh, what was Mercy. his name? Waylon Mercy was originally based off of played by Dan Spivey, who was a worker for years upon years before he was Waylon Mercy. This iteration of Bray Wyatt was off of that as well, but completely morphed into something completely different, which is what it needed to do. It was great to, you know, get his hooks in on TV doing that. And then slowly over time, he just became something different and always reinventing himself, which is your lifeblood as a wrestler is always making people think, what in the world is this guy going to do next? And it sucks that they had like that start, stop, start, stop. And like we said last week, you know, we've seen this for years and years with everybody. It's not just with Bray Wyatt. And they come up with a great idea. And I don't know if it's because Vince is very, very old. And he just can't wrap his mind around. Like, I don't understand what this is. Or it's like, you know, they get going with it and go, no, forget it. And then it took his legs out from under him so many times. Like Bella said, the worst, second worst booking he can think of is when uh, the, he – Bray Wyatt's working finally as the fiend who's coming back from this burning death and then has this new superpower where he comes back as the fiend. You see him walking towards the ring on the video screen, turning from the broiled, charred body into the fiend's body, goes in there, works with Randy Orton, and then does the job. It killed him right then and there. He saw his comeback was shit. He did it again with Randy Orton? I must have missed that one. I'm thinking about the first one when they were like tag team and and he did the whole thing with the bugs in the ring. There wasn't even the fiend. That was there too. Yeah, yeah, That was the one I was talking about. It's like they were pushing uh, Alexa Bliss more than they were pushing the fiend because she came up out of the box and had the black ooze coming out of her head and she was doing all this stuff. And uh, was she going to be Sister Abigail? They never nailed it down, you know? And... um, they're going to actually even have Bray wrestle as Sister Abigail against um, uh, Finn Balor as the Demon, Demon Balor. But that one, some one of the guys got sick and they couldn't end up doing the match, and they they tossed that out. And then, like when the Fiend first debuted as the Fiend, he was in a um, a feud with Seth Rollins, and then Seth beat him that night. So even in his debut as the Fiend, they, he he did a job, and it's just it's not how you push something. You know what I mean? People say, well, a gimmick, a gimmick like that. Wins and losses don't matter, but they do. They, they really do matter because if you, you went through all this buildup and all this, what is this guy? Oh my God. Oh, he's beating the first night. He's really not that much of a, you know, a problem, is he? You know, so they, they did nothing. They didn't really do him too many favors when it came to the booking of the character. I'm sure if he had had carte blanche and was able to just lay out the way he wanted to lay it out, it would have been a hundred times more brilliant because. Whenever you come up with a great idea, they'll be like, okay, it's a great idea, but it's not ours. So, yes, we'll let you do it, but we're going to make our own twists and turns along the way to put our own stamp on it. And it never comes out in the true genius that the uh, the person who came up with it had for that role. So I can only imagine, if you, if you liked Bray Wyatt's stuff, imagine if it hadn't had to go through 25 filters to finally get what we get on TV. So it would have been even better by like a, a long shot. And it, when he came back and was walking through the door every week, at first it was great. Then it started getting a little tedious, but they weren't pushing it forward. And then they had him do that strange thing with LA night. And it was, they, they never really got to pay that off other than, you know, they had one match and that was Bray's last match on TV or ever. And uh, then they took him off the TV. I'm not sure if they took him off because he was having heart problems or, yeah, they're just like this isn't working. Let's kind of like recoup and see what we can come up with. But they, again, they didn't do it any favors. Unfortunately, that was that was the last of it. But the stuff that we did get, I'll, I'll have lots of great memories. Like Bello mentioned, the um, the the, the Firefly Funhouse with Cena. That's gonna go down as one of the most classic cinematic cinematic matches of all time. 
and uh, I'm glad we had it. And even the one they did, not it wasn't at WrestleMania, they did that um, fight like in the Everglades or something like that with New Day and like the Wyatt family. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that was fantastic as well. And that was like their first attempt at doing the cinematic stuff. And it came out great. So, because that was that their answer to when Matt Hardy was oh, doing the Broken Universe with TNA. Yeah. <laughs> so they were trying to do some new, uh, you know, groundbreaking stuff at the time. And it, it really hit. It really, it really was good. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss having him there. And I got to meet him one time. I'm, I don't mean to belabor it. I got to meet him one time because my my buddy, uh, the Navajo Warrior, who's a wrestler here in Arizona, who I've known for since the year 2000, um, he was at the time and still does work for the 2K video games. And it's his job to go around recording guys' voices for the games. So, <clears throat> so I got to help him on a number of occasions do this. So we went to a Monday Night Raw one night, and I got to meet a bunch of the guys who I hadn't met yet. And uh, he was one of the guys, Bray Wyatt was. And he came right up to me and said, hey, how you doing? Wyndham Rotundo. I said, hey, how you doing? And I introduced myself. And he's like, hey, it's great to meet you. And so and we were going over his stuff and what he had to say. And he was like the most down-to-earth, friendly dude. He gave us all of the takes. And he even came over the. He goes, how about if I do a – I'll just rip and do a few of my own. And my buddy's like, do whatever you want. And he just went on to the – it was kind of hard to nail some people down. So when you finally get them, it was sometimes it's like pulling teeth. But when you when you, you got uh, Wyndham to do it, not only was he did he do the stuff you wanted to, he's like let me let me rip a little, let me let me throw down a couple of these, let me think see what you think of this. And he did like the line "I am the eater of worlds," but he did it in like six different voices, like where he started it whispering and then it got a little louder and it built and it built. And the last one was like the top of his lungs, "I am the eater of worlds." And it was like, oh my god! Like That's I have awesome. goosebumps right now, talking about it because it was it was Man. that real, and it was just like watching. It was it's it's watching a genius work, and it's just like wow, this guy is on a whole different level. And I'm glad I got to kind of be in that kind of presence, even if it was That's very cool. momentarily. It was like literally a 15 minute part of my life, but I'll never forget it. Oh. Incredible story. That's very yeah. cool, man. Uh, rest in pre in peace, Bray Wyatt. Um, socks, right? Yeah. Um, that, that so so early, man. Thirty six years old. It's yeah. ridiculous, man. God bless him, and God bless the family. Yeah, and uh, it's like what Jr. always says, like in his podcast, "Tomorrow is not guaranteed," and that goes for everybody. You know, that doesn't just go for dudes who are sixty eight years old or eighty two years old. That goes for everybody. We just you just never know. Right. I was telling my wife, I was like, um. Because uh, Bell's brought up in the pre-show that uh, Bob Barker died. Um, and I, I was telling my wife, I'm like, that's a real G. Look at that, man. 99 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Legend everywhere he went. You mm -hmm. know, like one of the He was a slice of Americana. Hell yeah. You know, and, and I'm like, that's a real G. I'm like, if I die at 99... Don't mourn me. Not to mention that everybody right. I know would be dead. You celebrate at that my minute. life, <laughs> right? But if, yeah. if 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 I die at ninety nine, that is dope, right? That's like shit. You did it. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. and he was almost a hundred. He almost made it to a G. You know what I mean? To, yeah. to a one zero zero, not a G. Yep. Imagine that. Um, but um, but that that's a you know that's something to celebrate, man. Somebody makes it to ninety nine and and yep. live live the life that he lived, man. Yep. You know just. Yep. just uh, an American treasure forever and ever will be realized that way, unless some stuff comes out of the closet. But I don't anticipate that happening. Uh, fantastic. Well, there, was, there was a thing about him. He used to bang the uh, showcase showdown honey. Yeah. Like, 
place you know, that I was, no there's just it was at the time that the book came out it was one of the girls who had worked there it was a little bit of a thing you know it was uh so i wouldn't call it a, a black he's in the back bidding on bitches it's like yeah he's like banging like the hottest broads on tv like there was it was all consenting i don't know what the big deal was right so if, if but, as long as he wasn't forcing himself yeah, on these so people someone and... was trying to expose him as being right. like some sort of sexist creep but it was uh, it's not like he didn't you know yeah there was no consent issues or anything that I'm aware of. God bless him too. Yeah, Bob Barker, man. Bob Barker did three great things in his life: host The Price Is Right, uh, punch Adam Sandler in the face, <laughs> and uh, his work with Jericho on Raw when he came in and did the uh, the guest spot was just like fucking. I I don't think I've like it definitely. I think it was who was it? Wade Barrett said on commentary this week or whatever. He was just like best best celebrity guest ever. Like yeah, mm-hmm. other than other than the guys like Logan Paul and Bad Bunny who like go in there and actually work. Absolutely, Bob Barker yeah. best celebrity guest. Of Bob all gets time. it. He he got he got the business. He he Regis right behind yeah. him, but he's there. Regis yeah. was dope. Regis yeah, is Regis a long, was lifelong fan, so he yeah. got it too. Love Regis, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, God bless all those people. Rest in peace. Uh, condolences to their families and, and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, sucks that we have to do that. Yeah. That's the reality of where Comes we in threes. Right. So um, do we even want to talk about CM Punk? Or we could do that at some other point. We could just go to the yeah. freaking. We, Why not? we can to... talk about him real quick. I mean. All right. Let's talk about him real quick. So, so freaking what's his face? Uh, uh, Jack Perry. So, so I, I was I was ranting a little bit b- before the show, so I, I, I'll bring it up now and then and then we'll go to everybody else. So, so if I was Tony Khan, and Jack Perry, Jack Perry's popping some shit backstage, bro. Fuck that, man. I mean, I mean, immediately I'd be like, "Yo, come here, man. It's time to go home." What do you mean? Don't I got a match at all? And no, you don't have anything. It's time to go home, bro. Get out of here. Stop popping crap in my locker room. And then if CM Punk comes up to me and tries to punk me. Before he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to quit AEW. Guess what? You don't got to quit. You're fired. Peace. Get the fuck out of here. But I have a match with Samoa Joe. I'll bring Samoa Joe and be like, hey, listen, go find somebody to wrestle. You don't want to wrestle. Take the night off. But you're not wrestling this guy because I just fucking fired him. And that's the end of it. Both of them would be gone. So so CM Punk is is beat the trash out of, out of, uh, out of uh, Jungle Boy because Jungle Boy doesn't know his place. Like what? Where? And we 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 spoke about this before. And if you guys feel I'm wrong, what, what, please tell me. But we spoke about this before. That Jungle Boy has no business stepping to CM Punk about anything. I'm sorry. I'm not even a CM Punk fan. But there's a there's a tear here. What the hell has Jungle Boy ever done? Like, watch yourself, dude. Go sit down and 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 ask the guy for advice. Who freaking moves moves the needle and sold more merchandise than you will in your entire career? Like, you know, just hold on. Sorry about that. Um, so, so I mean, like, you know, check yourself, right? But then there's another thing. And I, and I realize CM Punk is the biggest star that they have, right? But you don't go up to the owner and see, see Tony Khan needs to, needs to check that shit. I'm, if, if I'm running a spot, I don't care if, if, if they call me a money mark. I don't care whatever they call me backstage. I'm like, I'm the one who signs these paychecks. You guys are getting paid because of me. Watch yourself. Step back. And the minute, the minute CM Punk went in, in freaking in gorilla position and started popping some shit, I'd be like, yo, listen, watch it. Give him a warning. Watch it. He keeps going. You're fired, bro. As soon as he says, I'm quitting. Nah, dude, you're gone. Fuck out of here. I don't need you. They clearly don't need him. 
<laughs> I'm gonna get 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 the hell out. So I mean, that something needs to happen backstage. You know, something needs to happen. Tony Khan needs to grow a pair of balls. He's not friends with these people. He wants to be friends with everybody. You could be friends to an extent, but when it comes time when people start start pulling your card in front of other people backstage and this gets reported, fuck out of here. You gotta go, bro. You gotta go. What are you bringing to my company besides drama at this point? Fuck out of here. You go and Jack Perry go to the WWE. See how well that works out. That works out for you. Go to NXT. Go go ahead. Let's see what they do to your punk ass. The hell is he gonna do? He can't cut a promo. He can't cut a promo. Good luck. Good luck trying to perform. You're not that good. Plain and simple. Like they they they. He should be grateful to what Tony Khan has done for him and his career. He should be grateful for it. But instead, he's popping shit backstage. Has the biggest head. I don't understand what's going on with the culture over there that these kids think that they can just pop off, you know, at, at anyone and do what, like freaking Adam Page. Like, yeah, I don't need to ask anybody for advice. I do what I do. It's the dumbest shit I ever heard in my life. In any industry, this, has, this, this isn't just exclusive to professional wrestling, but there's a culture in professional wrestling that you adhere to. And this dude is like just going off and doing his own thing. So all of these guys need to be checked, and Tony Khan needs to be the guy to check them. I'd have checked CM Punk right there, and I would have dared him to touch me. And I'd sue him, sue him for the $8 million he has and any proceeds he gets from his shitty comic book. Fuck out of here, bro. It's time to—I mean, that's just me. Just saying. What's up, Bells? God damn. Well— Anyway, I mean, thankfully, Billy Ray's not running things over there because I'm I'm starting to become a big fan of CMW over there. They uh, the, the the guy clearly runs the show. Not only is he yelling at the supposed owner um, in the gorilla position, but it was also reported that he was yelling at him in Punk's locker room, which to me means that he summoned Khan to his locker room <laughs> so he could fucking berate him even more because Tony Khan's that big of a bitch that he'll allow this sort of thing to happen. Right. Um, I just, I think it's magnificent. And frankly, I hope Punk was yelling at Khan about shit. I hope he was yelling about how he's got the fucking real world championship third on a fucking 12 match card. Like, I'm sorry, that match needed to be way later in the card if you want to even have any legitimacy to this angle that Punk is trying to spin. Maybe Punk wanted to go home early. Fuck him if he did. You got, you're pushing a real world championship angle and you're cool with being third on the card. I hope he was yelling to Tony Khan saying I shouldn't even ever and under any circumstances be following a Jungle Boy match because that bitch should be at the bottom of the card and I should be at the top of the card. And then I heard Jack Perry came walking by and heard this. And started trying to make issues of it. CM Punk patted him on the head and went back to yelling at his other bitch, Tony Khan. Until, of course, Jungle Boy tried to make an issue of it. And then he got choked the fuck out. <laughs> compared to Jungle Boy, CM Punk is Brock Lesnar. Sit down, man. This Seriously, is not, not a good look. <laughs> and, and, and the Professor Chabella Villa Cruz texted something to us. And he said um, to me in track. And he goes, uh, you know, CM Punk. It, 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 I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, it, it, nothing ever changes. Like he, he, he didn't get to main event WrestleMania, and he didn't get to main event AEW's WrestleMania. You know, he was so far main down. Main event. He was know? in the goddamn like deepest match spot. Right. Like that's where. The- <laughs> Whatever, man. Go ahead, Strizz. Tell me something. What's yeah, going? He was, on? The, he was the opening match of the pay per view, which yeah. I actually, for me, I love. That's my favorite spot on the card because everybody was it the spot. actual opening match. Okay, because yeah, I was looking after, at a list that it had after two the matches. two free matches, they had they opened the pay per view with that match, and the, I thought it was actually good because there's an old theory that um, uh, Cowboy Bill Watts used to use is like, I like to start my shows with a bang. 
Yeah, he used no, to say that way back when I was doing jobs, and he opened. He used to open with Razor Ramon versus Yokozuna, and you're not getting too much bigger than that on your card. So nice. you know, uh, so you you put one of your biggest matches out there. You sandwich them, but you know, you, you got to put one of your some, you know one of your top star matches out first. That's and, uh, fair. Gets All the right. crowd going, and you know, it's some some importance. That's why you'll see WWE nowadays will have like a title change in their opening match to get the crowd riled up and then, okay, settle in, we'll get the thing going. But um, as far as Punk goes, and with um, Jack Perry, like you said, Billy, yeah, there's there's there is a bona fide tier system in wrestling, and it's based upon like pretty much um, how long you've been in the business slash how over you are, right? And uh, so it. You know, when you're when you're just a young kid and you're still kind of finding your way, and you ain't over worth a shit, you probably should keep your mouth shut because nothing good's gonna come of that. No matter who your friends are, because I know you got friends to get in the job, but you know now you're there and if you're causing problems, guess what? Those friends are gonna turn their back on you fast as fuck because they don't want that kind of heat. And everything in wrestling is a heat by association. If you're friends with somebody who's in trouble, you are also in trouble too, and that causes people to go. To their friends, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You're going to get me fucking heat and I need this fucking job. What do you mean it has nothing to do with you? Shut the fuck up. You're going to get us all in fucking trouble because you got a big fucking mouth. So, I would have sent them home too. But if Punk came to me and said, I quit, I'd say, I accept your resignation. I wouldn't say you're fired because as a business, as someone who's running a business, there's a big difference between somebody quitting and somebody getting fired as a when it comes to like contracts and contract payouts and things like that and downside guarantees and mm. whatever the case is. And God knows he probably does have some sort of special contract that says, regardless of what happens, I'm making this much money and up. So he'd still make this much money probably regardless if he quit or whatever. Mm. But for the most part, like if, if say I'm still running a restaurant and somebody quits on me, okay, that's on you. Fine. You, you don't want to be here. You quit. That's fine. But if I fire them, I could be eligible to have to pay them unemployment or whatever the agreement is uh, going forward. But if somebody quits on their own, they give up that right to have that unemployment, unless for some reason, if you can prove that it was an unbearable work situation, blah, 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 which would take you a year in court. And you're not going to get anything in the long run at all. It will be just a wash. So so how do I say that in a pissed off manner, Strays? How do I say I accept it? your resignation. Put, your, put the belt on the table right there. If you want to go, go. You don't want to be here, go. Best of luck on your future endeavors. Yeah, don't let the door hit you in the fucking ass on the way out. Okay. I say, Joe, uh, you're, you know, you're either not going to work or you're going to go out there and do a promo. You know, and, um, you know, we're going to go forward. Or I'll give you who do you want to work. Then any promoter with half a brain had at least five extra guys in the locker room that could do anything at any time that you needed to, just to have, just in case somebody twist their knee during, you know, rehearsals or whatever the fuck, because don't make their flight get bad clams and can't make the show. You know what I mean? Like can't leave their hotel room because they're puking or whatever the case may be. They have to have at least a few extra girls and a few extra guys just to plug some holes where needed. I know Mike Bennett and Tavin were there because they ended up uh, doing something with somebody towards the end where they, you know, were there at the end for some stupid thing, but never had, they never had their names mentioned on the show, had no place on the card, but they were in the house. You could have easily fed Joe, both of those guys in like, you know, see the CM Punk match is not happening. Rather than that, we're having a um, handicap match. Samoa Joe is putting his title on the line between the kingdom, Mike Bennett and Matthew Taven, you know, and then boom, he eats them both alive. 
double stretch, whatever the fuck, doesn't matter. They're not on the regular programs. They only do the Ring of Honor shit anyway. It doesn't matter. Let them get eaten up. And it's a thing, as a thank you from Khan, he can do something with them down the road to give them a little thank you or whatever. But Joe goes over strong, does that fucking promo afterwards. Yeah, he's buddies with Punk. But he say, hey, listen, this is how it's going to go. You're going to fucking go out there and you're going to trash him. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't make, he didn't come because he doesn't respect you and he's afraid of me. That's it. Gone. Joe's music hits, he leaves, no one's complaining. Love Joe you. went over hard on two dudes that people barely know. And that's just all you do. But um you don't you don't you don't baby these guys. You don't say, Well, let me make you your own television show because you can't be on Wednesday nights with the other guys. You know, especially like once you do create that show being collision and then punk quits, you still have collision. You got T V rights mm. for three years on there that somebody needs to, you know, be the top you know, obviously you do it with Joe until you could you figure out what the hell am I gonna do or what am I you know, am I splitting the roster? Am I gonna have two world titles? What what what's the situation? What am I gonna do here? And uh, you know, there's a ton of shit that goes with it, but I have no problem saying, You don't want to be here, go home. I'll release you from your contract right now. I'll call my lawyer right now, he's done. And then see him back uh no 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 wait wait a minute, don't no no. I, I, I'm not going to keep you hostage. Right. You say you quit. I accepted it. Get out. Right. And Get you're not out of the slot down here right minutes, now. I'm calling the police. Right now. So that's how I would have handled it. And you then fired. they have enough talent where they can easily plug the CM Punk hole because obviously he wasn't such a needle mover with the ratings that it mattered because whenever there was something else on Saturday night at eight o'clock, they would lose tons. You know, like when SummerSlam was on, um, Collision got three hundred thousand viewers when they're usually getting nine hundred thousand. So they're not they're not tuning in just for CM Punk. That you know they're tuning in because it's wrestling. Yeah. Like yes, some people are curious to see what he does, and I'm one of those people. I'm curious to see what he does. Let's see what he does out there. He's he knows what he's doing. He's he's a good worker. He's a good hand, and yeah. he can be vital to your company. But Punk is gonna punk every single time. Yeah. I think you said that before. Actually, Punk is going to Punk. I think it, yeah. it would. He can't help himself. He's he's going to do this every. He's tell me when this hasn't happened. It happened in Ring of Honor. He got stretched by uh, Teddy Hart, got knocked out right in the locker room. This happened. He was going to walk out of WWE, boo boo lip and all, and then they did the double title thing with him and Cena. Then he ends up leaving him anyway because he can't get the main event spot. Gone for years upon years. Comes into AEW. People can't wait to see him. Then he. Fucking breaks his ankle doing something stupid, off TV immediately comes back and you know pissing and moaning about this guy, pissing and moaning about that guy. Gets in a fight with Kenny Omega. They're literally having a fist fight in the locker room. Both suspended indefinitely. Bring him back. Give him his own show. Have a thing. And we're all the way across the other side of the world. We're doing record record numbers here, and all they can do is piss in each other's mouths just to fucking because they have nothing better to do. And you know, you're shitting on the company every chance you get. We're in this media scrum, and you tell everybody, you tell the entire world that my EVPs aren't worth a fucking shit while you're eating a fucking muffin, as if you you just woke up saying, Good morning, mom. How was your morning this morning? You know, oh, these guys couldn't work in a fucking target, you know. And With like, the owners, what do you want me right to next- do? Right. Vince would have fucking cold cocked his ass Done. right out of the chair. Right. So, that shit would have never happened. Vince would have never he, put him like, in that predicament. Like I said, Punk cannot help himself. This is who he is. He hate and like I said, for years he hated wrestling fans. Don't tweet me about wrestling. I hate wrestling. It's behind me. He still hates wrestling. He's only there to get his paycheck. And I don't blame him for doing that because he can offer a service. 
for an amount of money that's going to make him a very comfortable man in his older years, that's fine. But you don't fucking shit on the guy who's helping you get that money. Right, right, right. Especially when you know how much he put on the line. He never would have gotten that contract in WWE because if he did, he would have been in WWE doing it. Yeah. So Agreed. That's it. I, I, I totally agree. And uh, if, if, if I could figure out a way to not be pissed off, I would tell CM Punk, um, yeah, I accept your resignation. I probably wouldn't have done that. It would have been stupid of me. And I would have been like, just pay him whatever. Get this guy the fuck out of my head. Probably what I said, what I would have said, but it wouldn't have been the smartest thing. Um, I, I, I just, I wouldn't have let that fly. It, it just, and, and Tony Khan, who is, he's been in the business, not, not necessarily the wrestling business, but he's been in sports all his life. I'm sure his dad wouldn't let that fly. <laughs> you know, I'm like, just get, get it together, kid. Get it together, man. Yeah, I, I, I wish um, Tony had better guys helping him in the locker room. Right. And uh, I think what he needs to do, and I know this is just like his, his whole life's dream is what we're seeing. But the reality of this thing is, is that he's, he himself is not a very big guy. Not... Uh, he's very, you know, diminutive physically, and I'm not, I'm not shitting on him for that. He can't help being, you know, <laughs> five foot eight or five foot nine, and being 165 pounds. That's just how God made him, right? Yeah. In wrestling, you need to be able to at least have, if in management, a little bit of something on your side that, if things do come to like blows, you have to know how to protect yourself, or you know, at least. You know, if you if you have to knock a motherfucker out or whatever the case is, and when you say to somebody, "Let me pull you outside for a second, they have to at least be a little bit like, "Oh, fuck," not "fuck you," and I'll kick your ass. And if that's the case, you have no power over your locker room. Right. right. And you have to keep these guys in line because wrestlers are sharks. The second they smell just a drop of blood, they will surround you and eat you alive. Right. right so the only right. way to survive in the business is to be a shark yourself just be a bigger one you know yeah. so unfortunately i mean i would I, I i've said this before i would love to help tony khan i i, I think i would run his locker room in a, a great way i would love to help get these guys in line and it's not because i think i would end up fighting anybody in the locker room but i have a the ability to reason with a worker because i have been a worker for years upon years i've been involved in wrestling since 1992 so 31 years I've been around this. I know how wrestlers think. And I know the shit that they go through. I know what their body feels like because I'm living in one. I've taken the bumps and the bruises. I did the jobs. I was on TV. I did this and that. So I understand the mentality of like where they're coming from when they have an issue that needs to be solved. Tony doesn't have any of that. What he has is in his mind's eye of what he thinks it's like to be a wrestler because, wow, wrestling is really cool and I love it. And I don't doubt that he loves wrestling. I think it's probably the thing he's probably been the most passionate about in his entire life because for some reason, whatever it was when he was a kid, it spoke to him and he thought, this is the coolest thing in the world and I gotta agree with him because I'm still involved in it, doing this kind of stuff years after I've been in the ring. And I, I think about wrestling every single day. So, you know, he just needs to get the right people on his team and he needs to have that team support him no matter what. And he needs that backup system and he needs to lean on some of these people that can help him get everything in line and not try to take everything on himself, writing all the shows, booking, directing, 
you know, giving finishes, working the table for times, you know, the gorilla position and giving finishes out to guys and then having to deal with the bullshit. That is too much. Especially when you, it's not just he's doing one show every six weeks like an indie would do. This guy's running three shows a week and producing pay-per-views. And he has all this TV time he needs to fill. And these guys are not helping him out by being like this in the locker room. So he, he just needs to create a, a support system is what he needs. Understood. Get it together, Tony. Okay. Shout out, and then we're getting out of here. What do we got, Striz? You got the list in front of you. I do. I'll try to get down. I'm going to try to get through this because I know I've been kind of I'm starting to run a little long here. <laughs> Good. But, uh, <laughs> the less time for shout outs, the better. Fuck these marks. <laughs> You're so mean. Well, yeah. I, I, I asked uh, to get a shout out. Uh, what are you doing for a living and how long have you been doing it? So well, would you guys like to start with this, Bello? You want to start us off with outside the podcasting biz, what you do to make your dollars and uh, how long you've been doing it? I uh, protect the nine realms. No, I'm kidding. Uh, um, no, I, uh, uh, I I missed it. What did you say? Because I, I went on and out. Oh, God damn it. No, I protect the nine realms is, is yeah. my, my day job. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I push paper for a living. I work at a, at a financial like brokerage place. I fill out IRA applications and, uh, talk to clients that have more money than I'll ever fucking conceive. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's me. It's fun. The paperwork doesn't talk back. The clients do occasionally. Um, <laughs> so I prefer how many years have you been doing that now? Uh, close to 10 now at this point, like I have a music degree, so I'm fucking lucky to be employed. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing for the time being. That's we'll, awesome. We'll see how dude. long that lasts. Cool, man. Yeah. And that's like a long line in your family. Like your dad does. Similar, pretty, pretty yeah. Similar I mean, my stuff. dad's like an actual financial planner. I was thinking about going that route at one point and, uh, I'm not going that route now, but I'm, I'm still sort of in the business. I guess, you know, yeah. when, uh, Spike Dudley retired from wrestling, he was still doing independence, but he got a full-time job to keep himself out of trouble and he was doing financial planning. He may still be doing it, but he was trying to recruit me because we were talking about finances and investments and stuff one day. And uh, he's like, you know, you would be perfect for this. And we went and we got together one day outside of a wrestling show. We just met up at a Dunkin' Donuts halfway between where he lives and I live. Cause we live about, an, uh, we lived about an hour and a half away from each other. And we just talked for probably five hours about getting into oh. financial planning. So it was pretty, pretty cool conversation. He does, That's he fun. does a great job with it and he makes a, a great living doing it. And he loves being out doing that kind of stuff. So that's pretty cool. It's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, how, what about you, Billy Ray? I'm just a badass motherfucker from the street. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I gets my money the way I gets it. You get me? Right. That's the way it goes down. All right. And, um, and I used you to been do doing that your whole life, my entire life since I came out of the womb. That's what I've been That's doing, right. getting money, pimping on the streets, doing my thing, grinding. You know, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. don't know nothing about that street life. They don't know. They don't have no idea. That's how I get my money. You know? I've always got my money. I don't wanna keep in the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and what else was I gonna say? I used I used to get money doing this. I used to get money talking, talking yeah. on the radio. Uh, for a little while or whatever. And now I have a whole new career, but I'm not going to tell you what that is. That's all right. That's that's cool. You got to keep some anonymity. I understand that. If if I tell them what it is, Striz, they're going to hit me up. They're going to be like, hey, I I, I want you to help me. I want you to do this. I want Mm -hmm. you to do that. And then I'm going to have to be All the favors, right? right? And then I'm going to have to tell them no, like I did CM Punk. You know, I'll be like, yo, dude, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want to do that. 
Yeah, it'd be pretty cool if this was a full time job doing Wednesday locker room. We just call it the locker room. We'll just call it whatever we want. And that's nah, always have, the Wednesday. We locker. do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even on Mondays. Yeah, like we just like Monday through Friday, three hours a day. We just talk about current events, like like any any cable news show, and we're just like just we got three hours to kill, and we just riff for three hours. And, and I'll go as far as to say this: if 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 one of these networks gave us a contract. We'd be the highest rated show on their network within oh, sure. the calendar year, without a doubt, 100%. Vice, Vice TV, come holla at your boy. Right. But we, we need, need to be able to talk about whatever we want. We cannot exactly. Got to give us carte blanche. And we'll, I'm going to do it anyway. So we might as well just right. cover ourselves legally. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. So I asked people to put like a, um, a picture of what they do. And I, uh, and then how long they've been doing it. And I said, uh, I put a picture of Mr. Roper from Three's Company on there. That is a little bit of a deep cut if you don't know the three I'm the Three's Company. Friendly guy, bro. Yeah, that's that's all right. I was a little more <laughs> old school than you. I'm a couple of years older than you, so I'm a Mr. Roper guy myself because he always broke the fourth wall and would look right at the camera and goop. That was the funniest funny. smile. He'd yeah. had like 20 different ways of doing it, and they, <laughs> each one made me laugh forever. Even as a little kid, I thought that was the funniest shit. But Mr. Roper was a landlord, and that's what I do for a living. Oh, no, He's the lord of the land. And I, and I, when I saw that on on Twitter, I was like, "Oh, that's Roper from Trees." From Trees. Yep. Did you know? Did you get that it was my landlord? No, thing? I didn't put it together, and I, I know this about you, but I didn't put one in that one yeah. one yeah. one in one together because I mean, now you guys know I've, I've cooked for years upon years. I've owned a restaurant, and I love uh, doing that kind of stuff. And last year, I was even a private chef for for a while, and I, and I love doing that too, but. To me, nothing is as cool as like being in the real estate business. I've loved it. For some reason, when I turned 16, something sparked in me where like real estate became just really interesting to me. And uh, I just started collecting real estate books. Like they were all over the place back and they would print them out. And like you're looking at houses for sale. And I would look at them all day long. And my dad's like, what are you looking at? And I said, oh, it's a real estate book. He's like, you're not going to buy a house. I said, I will one day. I want to know what things are, you know, what does it cost? And I just found the whole thing kind of fascinating. Like, how do you go and buy a house? How do you do those kinds of things? And there are people who have multiples. And uh, now I do. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I just learned a lot uh, as I went. And, you know, as I was um, wrestling from place to place, and I, I, would, I knew I was going to be in an area for a long time, I bought a new house. And then when I was leaving that particular territory i'd put a renter in that house and i got to do that a bunch of times so i was really beneficial and this is like way back in like the 90s and 2000s early 2000s and uh you know it's been it, it it's not hard work as far as like a nine to five thing but there's a lot of fucking headaches involved with renters and like how renters treat properties that aren't theirs and i've had to, i've had quite a few nightmare stories where people have trashed places and i, I pretty much had to rebuild the entire inside and had to go after a couple tenants luckily i haven't had to do that too too many times i'd say i've had let's see how long i've been doing this now 22 23 years 24 years actually maybe maybe 26 years i've had four really bad renters like some had to be evicted. Some finally left on their own. But they did enough damage where it wiped out the entire year's worth of any kind of profit being uh. made. So you have to go through the whole, you know, getting a lawyer and 
you know, figuring out what to do and things like that. And it's, it sucks. But uh, for the most part, it's been great. And I've loved every, nearly every part of it. And um, late, only this last couple of years that I thought about maybe cashing out because I'm getting a little older now. And I thought, well, you know, it'd be kind of cool to kind of just have it all behind me and not have to worry about those issues of being a renter. I mean, a landlord dealing with renters. Not that I deal with them per se. I have a rental company in each state that runs the particular property. So I don't have to deal with the renters themselves, but there's nothing worse than getting an email and you're looking at it first thing in the morning and it's like, Oh, you know, they're the fucking faucet is broken and they need to fix it. And it's going to cost $400. And like, how many times can this fucking faucet get broken? Like, you know, I had a uh, a renter once that had a um, special needs child that lived with them. And this kid for some reason was very, very destructive. And, um, he would kick holes in the wall and kick holes in the doors and stuff. And then I like, was like, Oh, this kid, they're killing me. I, I don't want to kick this kid out. Cause obviously, you know, where are they going to go or whatever, but it got to a point where it's like, okay, now they, not only is it being something being destroyed every month that I have to replace, but also now they're missing their rent. And it just so happened to be like right at Christmas time or whatever. And I'm like, uh. do not be the guy that evicted someone in their special needs child at Christmas, you will literally become like Ebenezer Scrooge and you will carry chains for eternity. Damn. So I I did not do it. I held off and I waited, but I I had to give him a warning and say, listen, like I've never had a renter this bad before. And like, if things keep happening like this, I'm going to have to let you go. And eventually, like, I think just a few months later, like March or April or May, it was like, okay, I, I got to let you go. And luckily they were, they were tenants uh, at will like month to month. So I didn't have to renew anything and I didn't have to kick them out or evict them. I just said, you're, you know, your, your shit's not being renewed. You have, you know, I only had to give legally a 30 day notice. I gave them a 60 or 90 day notice and said, you got to go. So then later that summer they left and I had to go in and look around at the place and go, I can't, I can't believe this place looks like this. And I think it costs, close to 20 grand to have the place rebuilt. Oh. And that, that was a big hit, you know? So, uh, you know, this is just one of the things you deal with as a landlord. Everyone thinks their landlord is like just fucking swimming in a pool of money, like Scrooge McDuck. Mm. And, you know, there can be some good money to be made, but when you have things like that, that happen, it just knocks your legs out for money and kill your whole year. Just like that. So imagine all of a sudden, because of nothing you did, you made 20 grand less that year because, no fault of your own. That's 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 quite a hit. So you know we've been thinking about oh you know maybe it's getting time to you know cash out some chips and but uh, the closer we get to doing it, the more we're like oh maybe not maybe maybe ten more years you know so we'll we'll see what happens. Well you know we'll see. Sorry about that long. No, that's all right. Actually, I had a real, before you move on, I had a question about landlording. So I was on the internet the other day and I was watching this documentary um, where all of these young, attractive women were, I guess, unable to make their rent and they would uh, perform certain acts on their landlord. You ever get one of those deals? No, because I don't deal with, I don't deal with the tenants. Uh, face to face, they only deal. With I the deal with the tenants. He he yeah. asked me to take care of this. <laughs> I, I, I send Billy Ray over. Cody <laughs> loads. They're good. I kill the rescue. <laughs> I do things all the time, and I tell them when the kisses are hers. Right. <laughs> Very oh, good. Uh-huh. That's a good bring back to the beginning. All right, so here we go with our list. I'm going to try to get blasters because that's that that really did go too long. Life is like a hurricane. Yeah. 
DuckTales. It's the greatest theme in the history of of uh, of cartoons. My wife was wearing her DuckTales shirt yesterday. That's so dope. That's awesome. <laughs> That's nice. She's a kid at heart still after so, all these years. Yeah. All right, here we go. At the top of the list, we have Jay, uh, Jay Reezy Min. Everybody knows Jay Reezy. He's everybody's Love favorite Texan. And everybody actually, everybody even knows Jay Reezy by now. I mean, yeah. he's been, been around with I mean, media group since the beginning. He's a, he's a youth minister, and he's been doing it for 25 years. So kudos, uh, Jay Reezy. I'm sticking for around. A long time, bro. Congrats. For a long time. Yeah. That's good. He's a, a 20, 20, youth minister and advocate for teens at you know, right. 25 years. That's no joke. So that's really cool. He also with, countless kids, you know. Moonlights as a male escort as well. Yeah. Right. And wears fedoras. Up next on the list, we have Craig E.H. What's going on, Craig E.? Craig What's up, Craig? As our richest listener, he is the avionics manager in business uh, in business aviation. He's also uh, worked Sounds on high-powered radar on F-18s of the Navy since oh. 2005. Is so that if you're all? wondering why this motherfucker has a palatial estate on acreage, yeah. that's that. That's why. The kid's bringing right. some cash. And he's, and he's slinging jerky now? Is that like yeah, he's business? got his whole business going. I tried to get him on, but he was... He he pulled the shy card and said he didn't want to come on and talk about his business. But uh, hmm. yeah, he's got his own business going on. Uh, going on, he's promoting it on um, Instagram. I can't remember the name. T T and Q, something like that. Uh, but if you go to if you follow Craig E H uh, on uh, Instagram, you'll you'll find his um, uh, smoked meats and cheeses and things like that, and it looks fantastic. And I'm sure he'll be a success at that too, because I think that's the only level that that kid works on. So there you go. So, so we should be expecting tickets in the mail. Yeah, first class. I'm assuming at a minimum mail. some fucking or the eleven eleven boy. Because hey, the way yeah. I see it, we we we've been providing entertainment for him for I don't know how long. Years, a half yeah. decade now. Far too I mean, long. <laughs> what, what what would seven or eight pounds of smoked cheese do for him? I mean, he's a millionaire, right? right. He can just go and send me like you know seven or eight pounds of smoked cheese. I'm on keto, for God's sake, help a brother out. Yeah, what the fuck, bro? I don't know. I mean, he's been listening to us for all these years. He may need to just save the money for therapy. (laughs) (laughs) You could be right. Up next on the list, we have Mandir, everybody's favorite Chimera. What's going on, brother? What's going on, our favorite Chimera? What's up, Bells? My dear. My dear. He's in the LED lights business. He sets up uh, all the scheduling for the product to be built. So I thought that was really interesting. That's very cool. Yeah, we're going to have to talk someday, uh, Mandir. The next time I'm up in Gloucester, I'm gonna hit you up, and we're gonna. I want you to show me your work because I'd love to see that place. Because I always wanted LED panels. If I ever ran shows, it'd have to look like, you know, get the LED panels out and do all that cool shit. You know, like take raw and and NXT oh, yeah. has all that shit. Give us five years. We're gonna have eleven eleven wrestling promotions. It's gonna be fucking right. Shohei Otani just smashed one of them at City Field last week. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, he nice. hit a home run ball like right into one. It just completely fucking just they hit home fell run right run. through. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a foul ball. Like just but ah, it was like fucking... that, make, that makes sense. I believe yeah. the story now. <laughs> No, it was Otani. He's not a Met. No, the Mets don't fucking hit home runs. Uh, the the visiting players usually do. Oh. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Up next on the list, we have everybody's favorite Jose, Jose Van Dam. J V D. What up, buddy? Yeah, actually, he's been a, a listener since the beginning, and we already know this because we talked about this in the past. He's been driving for Shamrock Foods for 17 years, yeah. helping keep an America going. A truck driver, dude. That, that's, that's right. Awesome. A shit vital right part of the American economy. Amen. Transport. Without trucks, America stops rolling. Hell yeah, man. What's that's up, the JVD? truth. So thank you for your service, uh, Jose Van Yo, JVD, hit me up on the side, man. When we launch the Infinite Fringe Premium, I'm going to give you a free membership. 
Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Right. Up next is uh, as for the rest of you, fuck you, right. <laughs> <laughs> including our next guy, <laughs> Big Ray Hernandez. Oh, especially yeah. Big no, Ray. he ain't getting shit. That's out of the question. Yeah, he, everybody knows this about Big Ray because he's he's talked about it a lot. Is probably is a very interesting career. He's the doorman in New York City. He's also he he's also incredibly good at it, and everybody freaking I loves him in that. Yes. I bet he is the ultimate schmoozer. I bet he must make a fucking fortune at Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine yeah. everybody who lives in that building. He knows every single one of their names, the apartment that they yeah. live in, and when they're here and gone. I bet you he can tell you everything. Like, every oh, hello, Mister and Mrs. So and So. How are you this evening? And then, like, even knows their dog. How, how, how's Spike today? How are you? He no. has a little bone in his pocket. Here you go, Spike. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, he does like the, the ultimate doorman. He would. You know? Yeah. He's got the whole thing right. done. I, I always make sure I, I walk around there on like December, you know, 28th or the or, or like January 2nd. I'm like, yo, Ray, what you doing, man? How's things, yo? I yeah. need $500. How about, yeah, I know you got <laughs> it. I know you got it, bro. God, with those with those rents in New York City, I, I don't blame you. Yeah, I, I heard today the average rent in Manhattan this month is ten thousand five hundred dollars for a three bedroom apartment. That building that he works at, I like. Yeah. If I had any real money, I'd move in there. Like it's it's oh, a, nice. It's classic. It's it's not it's not like super glamorous, but it's it's a, a classic old school building, and it's spacious, and it has a lot of charm. And you need to have money to live there. You Did know, it have an um, elevator operator or is it automatic? It's autom it, it's automatic as far as I know. Ray, Ray Will he Ray. press the button for them to get to, to call the elevator? No, I don't think that's what Ray does. Yeah, Ray's not okay. in the elevator. So um, No, no, no. I, he like would walk them from the door. Hey, how are you doing, folks? And then bring them over. Yeah, I think he does it for some people. You know? yeah, I think he does. I, I would because I would I, I would bank everything on Christmas. So, you know. I mean, they love him there. I think, I think he has a job yeah. for life if he wants to. Yeah, I think he's been there for a million years. Yeah. All right, up next we have uh, everybody's favorite Ayatollah Ben Hameen. Oh. What's going on, boss? Yolo. Uh, he's a terrorist. He's been an <laughs> obvious. <laughs> he's he, he's been active since two thousand one. Yala, Hamid, Hamid, Hip Hop Hamid. It's hilarious and horrifying. Yeah. Yes, yes. Up next we have Gammy. What's going on, Gammy? What's up, Gammy? Up, Gammy, buddy. Now he's just starting out a brand new career as a rookie farmer. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I would love to hear more about that because I am right, on rook. the precipice of buying about 200 acres of land in Southern California mm. for when shit goes down and I'll be able to have my own fucking uh, escape area. So I need to know how to start farming. So 11, 11, I've always wanted farm. to have, I always wanted to be a beekeeper and have like this whole apiary. And uh, I would love to learn more about farming. So that, that's something that maybe we could talk about someday. 1111 honey, sweeter than your mama. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Up next, we have Jimmer Monroe. What's going on, Jimmer? What's up, Jimmy? What's going on, Jimmer? He was, uh, he's retired right now, but from 1991 to 2017, he was the U.S. Air Force's Secure uh, U.S. Air Force security forces, uh, you know, doing security and stuff like that. So, yeah. thank you for your service, Jimmer. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Jimmer. I'm glad that you retired. That listen to WLR, good lord. Yeah, it's, it's a huge range, right? That's, that's really cool. So, like I said, thank you for your service, brother. I'm sure. Yeah, thank you. It must be cool to be retired and everything like that. No so. brain surgeons. I'm fucking betting the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear about your retirement, Jimmer. Like, well, how you? Spend your uh, spare time besides listening to the awesome WLR. 
up next we have Eagle Evil 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 Jackalopes. What's going on, brother? Dope. He works. Oh, he works in networking, like uh, online. Okay, so that's pretty pretty uh, vague, but I'm sure it has a people working that in that in could be wrong. But. Yeah. Up next, we have the one true Bobo. What's going on, Bobo? Bobo. He's been in the sheet metal business for over 18 years now, and uh, you would be currently being a CNC department team leader for an elevator door manufacturing company. Good for you. Pretty neat. The things that people make. I mean, you you need elevator doors, right? I feel like Bobo makes swords in his off time. Like he's just you know (laughs) forged in fire. Swords and, and and hammers, right? Like. He can maybe he can make you a hammer. He's the oh, guy who made Stormbreaker. Yeah, Bobo, holla at your boy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Up next we have Dan Heffron. What's going on, Dan? So Hef. Fuck Dan. Yeah, I said <laughs> what? it. Fuck him. Wow. Fuck him. You're you're about to find out why. Okay. All right. Oops. Petitioned for over 26 years as a government contractor to the Department of Education. Uh, Fuck. Uh, I see. Listen, it's like the FBI. <laughs> The Department of Education. That's Damn like man. not. A- Do you think he's got an inside scoop on like all the COVID lockdowns and shit? Oh, maybe. Know. Let's ask him. What? Are, why are you holding out on us, knowing what we do? Yeah. At Hami, I didn't know Dan Heffron was deep state, but you know we got people listening to us from all corners okay. of the planet. You know? For real, they're checking in on us. Dan's the poor sap that they assigned to WLR. <laughs> he's like, watch those guys. They got something with this eleven eleven thing. Make sure you keep an eye on them. Listen to what they're saying. Strizzy. Oh man, we Strizzy lost the Striz. Oh Damn. no, does that mean no more shout outs? That means oh no, over. No more shout outs. All right, for anybody that gave a shout out and didn't get hollered at, hey, what do you want me to tell you? I don't have the list in front of me, and Striz yeah. is gone. I think Bello made this happen. I, I think Bello was, was working on it, doing his black magic, uh, rain dances, the whole deal. Actually. Today. To get Striz gone. What's up? What you know doing? who did this? This is the North Korean. Steve was trying to put AEW over on Twitter this week for having the largest professional wrestling show. And uh, I had to remind him that North Korea would like a word um, having, you know, forced half of their country to go see a wrestling show back in the 90s. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> I remember King. Back to back nights. Look who's back. There's two of them now. Good Lord. <laughs> two you know, I, I mentioned the deep state. And the next thing I know. I'm offline and too my, many, my, um, too many biceps. I guess so, but uh, that was weird. Sorry about that. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Did I miss anything? No, not really. Just me celebrating that the shout outs were over, but go oh, on. Cunt. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, like I said, uh, like you know, maybe Dan works for the deep state and like he's like, you know, you know, whispering us in, hey, these guys are talking about COVID and this and that, and blah blah blah. <laughs> Put us oh, next, we, <laughs> next, next, we have K-Bob Tech. What's going on, brother? What up, K-Bob? He's been doing the last two and a half years working with and installing, fixing supercomputers and working with computers in general for the last 25 years. Damn. Supercomputers, yeah. bro. With a name like K-Bob Tech, you know, it had to be something in like the computer right. industry. K-Bob, I need a new a new computer for, for freeworld.fm to broadcast out of. Hook a brother up. Come on. You got Do a ton it, of them. Yeah. I know you got a ton of them laying around, but I don't want the old ones. I want something new. Okay? Right. Built custom. Right. Right. I want it to be engraved for Cody Loads. You know, <laughs> put it on the set. Thank you so much. Up next, we have Mike M5. What's going on, buddy? What up, Mikey? Yeah, uh, it does web design, PC repair, graphics, server host, 
type stuff, and he's been doing that for 22 years. Dude, that's what I thought K Bob did. So, all right, I'm glad. I'm glad one of you's got that covered. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Doctor Guitar. What's going on, my brother? What up? What up? What up, Doc? If you're not following him on Twitter or the X, you really gotta follow him. He's out there jamming, dude, all X. the time. It's so cool, dude. You sound great, and I love I love when you put stuff out there. Uh, he's been in the um. Let's see, the past two years he's been doing factory work, you know, like piecing yeah. shit together and stuff like that. It was very specific of what he does in the factory, but I I used to work in a couple of factories when I did some temp jobs years ago in like a book bindery or a software packing plant. So I, I I never minded working in a factory. I kind of thought those jobs were interesting to see how things are done. Yeah, my mom worked in a factory for a long time, man. Um, cool. That's uh, that's a uh, uh, good work, man. God bless you. If you got to work in a factory, what's the best thing that you have to manufacture? Like if you could pick whatever it is. Twinkies. Hell yeah. yeah. Okay. I would die. Yeah. I'd be dead. Yeah. If, if that, and I only say that because my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. <laughs> Um, we we came inches close to actually buying Twinkie when they went out of business back in 2000. Get the fuck Damn. out of here. We were so, cl- it, it, it's so uh, close. Now they're deep frying them, Steve. I know. Like the uh. whole new universe. Now they make them smaller too. So they, they changed the size. I wouldn't have done that. If anything, I would have made them bigger. Hell yeah. That's just the way I roll. But yeah, they like, forget. Like, Go ahead, Strange. What's up? I, I was just going to say, like, with the, the whole Wonder Bread thing went out of business. Right, two thousand, and they auctioned up. They they split the companies up because they owned a bunch of different things, and they were selling each brand off individually. And um, they wanted two million bucks for it. And when I tell you, we, we were inches close. I mean, we were inches close to owning Twinkie. That would have been pretty oh, nuts. Pretty fucking been nuts. I'd have bought it in a second if I had two million dollars to spend on it. Yo, yeah, yeah. It, if I can get it, access to that loan, I would. would yeah, I'm, I'm talking it. skin of your teeth. Thing. Like I said to her, like we're gonna own a piece of Americana. Like you realize that, right? Like Twinkie the Kid. Like my mind blown. You know what I mean? Well, like, you know, I mean you're cool with Billy the Kid, right? Which is better than Twinkie the Kid because I used to be known kid. as the Phoenix Kid way back in the day. There you go, the Phoenix Kid, Billy the Kid, Twinkie the Kid, Sour right? B. We got it all figured out. Listen, Sour I'm, B the Kid. I'm, I I, I want to say this before we go off air because I completely forgot about this and it just reminded me because you know everybody knows that I'm Cody Loads everybody puts that over freaking I I am I am in a fantasy football league with the guys from Hameen Media which I didn't really draft my team because I I forgot when the draft was and I ran in there after the fact and I tried to salvage some stuff and then I left because I had to go so I drafted like five people out of this thing or maybe four anyway that's not irrelevant okay Craigie H. What the hell, dude? Craigie H goes and and names his team Cody Loads. Yes. No, he did not. Yes. (laughs) His team Cody Loads. And let me tell you something. Craigie H, more like Craigie Dub. Give this man a W. (laughs) Craigie was about to get a cease and desist, right? And I was was just about ready to do it. We had the document written up. You know, it was going to say property of Hami Media Inc. You, you, you were going to have some, something, to, something to deal with, man. But somebody talked me down and told me not to do it. You can, you can, you can roll with it right now. You can roll with the name uh, for the season. If you, if you don't win the league, on the other hand, there's going to be uh, you know, uh, consequences and repercussions because you cannot carry that name and be a loser. You understand what I'm saying? Wow. Okay, can I put out this Billy Ray? If he does have a losing season. Mm-hmm. 
May I suggest that to win the rights to the name Cody Loads for your team, the two of you wrestle, and the winner obtains the rights to the Cody Rhodes Cody Loads name. I would beat the trash out of Craigie. Oh, my I would, I would, God. I would beat the tra- it wouldn't even be cool oh, what I would do. And, and it's after, getting hot in here. And after I'm done working up on Craigie H, I'd have my lawyers serve him up and be like, cease and desist still. You still can't use it. It wouldn't be nice. It wouldn't you can't be hang nice. with Craigie's lawyers. Yeah, I'm, I have a feeling that Craig's probably got some pretty <laughs> a little bit of scratch that he can put on a little retainer there. But hey, I'm not saying you don't either, brother. I'm just saying like that could be quite a battle. I know. But, uh, I, I, I would love to see you battle it years out. In the alternative media, I've met a lot of people. I know a lot of things. You know, a lot of people I like you. We, we want to represent you. You know, if you have yeah, any man. issues with the law, you know, if is, you is it Stephen P. New? <laughs> Love it. Fantastic. <laughs> there are people out there that know it. I'm not going to. No. There are people out there. They have to know it. Is. Anyway, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, All right. Up next on the list, we have uh, Colin Weissong. Uh, oh, Andrew Bellows, K-Fade best oh, God damn it. Hi, Colin. What's up, Colin? I'm just angry. I'm, I'm increasingly angry at everyone on this list until the show is over. Okay, uh, that's where I'm at. So, Colin, fuck you. But every, everybody knows Colin's been in the restaurant industry for the past 24 years. He's doing a great job with that marketing that he's at. Right. He, he is killing it. And uh, he, he's busting his ass because he and I talk almost like pretty much daily now about how his Marcos is going and the troubles he's having with trying to fill spots on the roster and not being able to depend on uh, some of the employees there. It's been a really tough start. And, um, but he's out there making it happen every day. He's in there from open to close and doing what he has to do to make the thing work. And that's why Colin's going to be a success in his life because he's not afraid to get his hands dirty right. and do this for somebody else. Now imagine if he had the opportunity to do something for himself, if he's just willing to work this hard for somebody else, imagine what he could do for himself. It's only so a matter I, of time. I think, yeah. And I think there, it is just a matter of time, you know, maybe just a few years from now, if he ever wanted to stick his neck out and try his own thing, I would not bet against Colin Weissong in any regard for being a success because okay. if he's willing to do it for these other people, he would kill it doing it for himself. Right. 11-11 wrestling promotions. We're going to be recruiting a, a catering guy or something. You, you, you can do, you can catering. do, you can, you can cater everything. That time got, the guy from catering went over. And, and we'll talk to him <laughs> about, about storylines and shit. You know, the whole deal is sure. going to be no, very proud of Colin. I couldn't be prouder. Of, of, of what he's doing and, and everything. He's yeah, he's killing it. He's doing a great job. Right. And not to not to mention the fact, like you, Billy Ray, when you're, when you're at school full-time and you're just getting your ass handed to you on a daily basis, he still has to go home and be a husband and be a dad and do all the things that that, you know, entitles, you know, it's, it's not easy. And But he's he's got the energy. He always has a positive attitude. Even when he's getting kicked in the nuts left and right, he'll always be, you know, he's a silver linings guy. And that's why I really like him because – the next day is a fresh day. It's a new day, and he's like, "All right, let's, let's see what life's coming at you." And he's ready to, he's ready to fight. He's not going down without a fight. So that's dope. Thank you, sir. Props to you. You, uh, you, 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 you heard yeah, that? Right. You heard that? Anyway, go ahead. Not so up bad. next. We have uh, Mars Khalifa. What's going on, dude? Bella's the wearing Mars. your shirt right now. I am. Where are we? There we go. There he is. Yes. There he is. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to step back. Yeah, it's a big boys club. Yes. Dope. Awesome shirt. Nice. It is. It, it was very well thought out. I would have cut the sleeves off, but it's got little joints. 
Ah, I got gotcha. Yeah, no, you don't want to lose that. It's half the no. charm. Half of my shirts have no sleeves anymore. I'm trying, trying, trying to be Strangler Steve. Well, when you got <laughs> guns like you, Bello, I can understand why you show those off. All right, so anyway, <laughs> Mark Hanifa, he, he's been in wide format printing for the past seven years, and I find that interesting because I was in the sign business for a little while. Actually, I've worked for four different sign companies over the years when I was taking breaks from the restaurant business, and I loved the sign industry. So wide format printing is something I always – kind of wanted to get into because i love that kind of industry oh yep up next we have demarco lasore remember the demarco guys he's That's fucking DeMarco. over as fuck motherfucker uh, slings pies no yeah dude hell yeah <laughs> the last five years he's been he has his own business because he's God not afraid him. to fucking back you know put himself in this you know out there to make his own money and he's been selling pot pies for the last five years and he's been doing a great job at it in fact uh try to go find him that pie guy on Facebook and oh. uh, you can put an order through there and he'll have it sent to your house and uh, kudos to him for keeping his business going. He kept it going through COVID and all that Hell stuff, yeah. you know, awesome dude. You know, uh, I, I, I can't say enough good things about people who are entrepreneurs and aren't afraid to put money up because they're taking a bet on themselves. And when you think about it, it's the safest bet in the world because nobody in the world is going to work harder for you than you. Yeah. And uh, so when you're opening your own business, a guy like that, like DeMarco or a guy like Colin, it's only it's only wins. And you have the tough days and you have the long hours. But when you lay your head down at night, you made your own money and there's nothing fucking better than that. My favorite pie is lemon pie, DeMarco. Just just saying. I don't know if he does like sweet pies. I have to find out because I know he does the chicken pot pies and things like that. So but if he did. He can send a French silk pie to, to me, but uh, right. hopefully get delivered directly to my house because if it stay, stayed outside in 110 degrees, I don't think it'd last you. It's just going to be a, yeah, it's a puddle. Yeah, <laughs> be a chocolate syrup pie. All right, last but not least, we've made it to the end, guys. Is Big Evil Pops. Woohoo! Oh, Pops. Pop. He's been driving old folks around for the last five years. Yeah. Good. Giving people rides. All right. Very cool, Pops. Very, very yeah, he's cool. like driving Nobody's this day. Drive yeah. And that's it. That's it, ladies and gents. That's that's what you guys do for a living. Very, very cool. This is the 1111 boys. It's the summer of Striz. It's over, ladies and gents. It's done. The summer is done, but the fall of Billy Ray is about to, about to happen. And you know what happens at the end of the fall? Rise like the phoenix, ladies and gentlemen, into the spring of V. Andrew Bello, ladies and gents. That's what's going down. That's We're right. the winter. Unless you want to make it dark, Bells, it's up to you. I, mm -hmm. I don't mind winter. Yeah, winter yeah. is coming. I'm cold. Winter's yeah. cold. We there can do go. it. All right, fine. So the winter of, of the Andrew Bello. Hey, we've Bello's done cold-hearted. That's why he gets along in the wintertime so well. Cold-blooded. Right. Cold <laughs> Unity. <laughs> Unity. It's a celebration, pictures. Right. What did the God <laughs> thing to say to the face? Slap. <laughs> All right. We're getting up out of here, ladies and gents. Listen, the Andrew Bellows here. That's me. The Strangler Striz is here. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, Summer of Striz has been dope. He's not going to be on, on FLR. I don't know what's going to no, happen. All done. Yeah. I don't I don't know what's going to happen to FLR at this point. Um, I'm oh, sure he's going to hold on, up, um, on his back and just Rene carry Dupree might be out. coming on this week, so it could Who's be that? a good episode. Renee Dupree, right. former World Wide Entertainment Wrestling Extravaganza oh. Tag Team Champion. With Kenzo Suzuki, I, I I enjoy Hameen on his own, you know. So he, I do too. If if he would have done it on his own, I'd still listen. 
Um, so fantastic. FLR, WLR, the whole deal. The Andrew Butler. What's going That's on, my brother? From another mother. You got things going on? Tell the people. Yeah, I got a couple things going on. Now, you can first and foremost find me on the X. X uh, at the Andrew Bello. That's T H to the E A N to the D R E W B E double L O. And by the way, go ahead and check me out over on the YouTubes as well. New song, the Andrew Bello, Nakamura, Rise and Sun remix, Little Uzi Vert diss track. Yeah, I'm doing diss tracks now. I'm not really. It's like one line and it is what it is. I don't really have any hate for Uzi. I don't listen to enough of his music to care. Um, so, so there is that. Check it out there. And also, a show note from last week. Apologies to J.D. McFuckface, a.k.a. J.D. McDonough. I didn't quite realize that he's Jordan Devlin, who is, in fact, the only person who's ever told me he was going to catch my punk ass down the road that I'm even mildly concerned about. Anyway, fellas, (laughs) that's all I got for you this week. Billy Ray's feelings are hurt. He hurt, he hurts my feelings every week unapologetically. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it, it gets to a person after a while. I'll give you a is thank you, thank you Striz. the summer of Striz, man. Thank you for making time for us and and, and yeah. doing your thing this summer, ladies and gents. We got the Striz for a whole summer. Tell them what's up, Striz. Yeah, it's it's been great and it's been so awesome reconnecting with you guys and doing these shows has been an absolute blessing. I love both of you guys to death. You know that you were like brothers to me. And I loved hanging out with Hameen all summer long as well. I had been hitting him up since past since April, saying I can't wait for the summer because <laughs> I wanted I want to hit up every Friday locker room with you, and oh. we were able to do that. And uh, it was just it was even more fun than I had anticipated. So I'm gonna miss doing those. But you know what? I think we're gonna keep uh, the Wednesday locker room rolling, right, guys? We're gonna Hell keep this yeah. thing going into the fall. The three of us all together will be the, the fall bottom of, of uh, Billy Ray Valentine, <laughs> and uh, I'll be along for the ride. Bells, you'll be there, and uh, we'll have some more fun heading into the holiday season. And let's keep this thing rolling, guys. Let's do it. I like it. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. That's the Andrew Bello. It's Strangler Steve King. We are the Eleven Eleven Boys, ladies and gents. You know how we do. Hey, Bells. What's up, Billy Ray? I'll catch a punk ass down the road. And let me tell you one more thing. If you ever you ever hang up the phone on me again, I'm going to call you and just continue until you pick up the phone and acknowledge that I'll catch a punk ass down the road. And if you don't do that, listen, I got time, okay? He's going to leave voicemails to just notify me. Hey, I'll catch a punk ass down the road. I'll catch a punk ass down the road. Click. I'll catch a punk ass. I'll just do it all over. (laughs) So don't you ever pull something like that. That was so fucking funny. It was. It was. All right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get out of here. i got to change it up a little bit. We don't want to get too formulaic here. I know know, know WLR is, you know, still still kind of like in in the honeymoon phase again. It's like our second marriage. Right, right, right. This is the Andrew Bello. This is his song. Right. We're going out with this. Hey, Striz, tell him what's up. I like big kitties. That's right. Better not get in the king's way Strong style, I'm a dictate Scribbling limerick since fifth grade Till now I spit like a switchblade About the sunlight, fine talker with a fins blade So get your shit straight, let's go Oh, 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 oh Yeah, and I'm rhyming dumb Fly as fuck, climbing up My time has come, I'm rising sun, yo And I can hit you in a juicy verse Got these bitches out here shaking till they booties hurt. I'm busting out the big gun, so excuse me, twerps. But um, what the fuck's a little Uzi Vert? Nah, for real though, real though. Oh, what's up, bitches? 
Konnichiwa, from Sour B to MC to Chopin' Sleepin' On. So count on me, cause suddenly the sheep be gone. They know I'm on one, about to be Ichiban. So lock your peepers on me, I cast a bunch of spells. Be heaven's